0: Buenos días. Hello. Buenos días.
1: Buenos días. Hello. That sounded like uh this Jerry Seinfeld. Hello.
2: Hello. Hello. Hello.
1: Whoa, Hello. It's the belly growling. <laughs> oh my god, I had to turn down
0: my headset. <laughs> 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 Well, he had a he he had to choose. Do you remember that one? He had to yeah. He had to choose the, the voice or the... stopping the voice, and he, and he and he and he decided to dump the girlfriend.
2: Yeah. What an idiot. Because I remember they're like, "We're still doing that."
1: <laughs> <laughs> the way he is, though, like he focuses on something and it destroys whatever relationship he has.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it could show. be
1: eating peas with a fork or whatever, but it just
0: bothers him. <laughs> <clears throat> Mr. Well, yeah, Mr. Pitt you ate a Snickers bar with a knife and fork. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: he started. Everybody started
0: doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so weird. Ah, oh, such a, that was such a good show. I still watch it pretty religiously. I I I don't watch it often, but if I happen to catch one I'll I'll stop and I'll I'll put it on but um but yeah I mean it's it's fantastic it's one of my favorites of all time I love the Chinese restaurant episode
1: yeah I like the masturbation episode I'm out <laughs> <laughs> Good one, well, like five,
0: minutes. Well, five minutes like five minutes later like, uh, cr- cr- <laughs> cr- I'm out <laughs>
1: Well, it didn't help that they looked across the street and they had a somebody cleaning house naked. So,
0: right. oh,
2: that's what it was. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny.
1: But it showed it showed them like each one that was out, they were sleeping well, and the other one wasn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you find I'm... out that George lied. He didn't win on the last episode.
2: I wonder oh, if any right? of those have ever been edited uh, after the fact. Because I know um, there was a Friends episode where uh, Ross is trying to get the apartment across the way where the nude guy is. Yeah. And so he goes and eats muffins with him naked. <laughs> <laughs> that scene has been taken out. And it starts to like gaslight me. I'm like, did that even exist or did I make it up? Why? No, they cut that scene out of it when it, they put it on... Um, streaming so like what, when it was on what, what's the it's well, not uh it's not they
1: show they show it on hbo though don't they
2: i don't know because last time we tried to watch it it, it was out and then i had to like watch it on youtube because i thought i had gone crazy huh. i was like he ends up like eating muffins with the the naked guy because you never see his face he's just ugly right. naked guy yeah because he's like nodding and chewing muffins and he's naked too I was like, <laughs> he's I naked him, but
1: he's not naked he's they they're not gonna show any yeah ass yeah, yeah. Or...
2: But um, and I was telling somebody about that, and they're like, "That's not in that episode." And I was like, "I swear it is." And then we watched it, and it wasn't freaking there. And I'm like, "I'm going crazy." And I looked it up on YouTube, and yeah, it had been cut for some reason. Well, you know, on Seinfeld,
1: know they had the the big naked guy that was riding the sub with Jerry. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one's still there because I recently watched from episode one to the end. The physical Netflix. media,
0: we have all of Friends and all of Seinfeld on DVD.
1: Yeah, we yeah. have all of uh, Seinfeld, but uh, nothing else.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, we have all of The Office, but I don't know if it has all the uncut scenes like, or, that are on Peacock now. Yeah. Because we were watching one the other day, and I was like, ooh, I'm glad they did cut that scene. Um, Which on he, The Office? Yeah. But it's meant to be cringy. Oh, oh, it's so cringy, it, Dwight. Even at the time, it was
0: meant to be really inappropriate.
2: Dw- Dwight goes, "He's like, I don't mind black, white, or havesies." I'm like, "Oh my god, you can't say that!" <laughs> but <laughs> that's, why.
0: that's why. And the whole diversity day, like, I think that was one of the episodes in the very first season. What was, was? Oh yeah, yeah. Super yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it's <just> very, very <laughs> funny. <laughs> I don't
1: like when they edit it, though. Like, that's a snapshot oh. in time of what you could
2: do. Oh, man, you should watch the Superfans. They've edited it into them. They have more on them. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, my favorite episode, I think, of all time is Dinner Party, right? And so um, the bit that had been cut was this whole side story, and it was like 10 minutes worth of story. About how everybody in Michael's neighborhood hates Jan and they think she's such a bitch. And there's this thing about she she got a winery's uh, the next door neighbor's winery and and like shaved the curse word in its fur. <laughs> <laughs> so at the very end of the episode and you keep hearing about the neighbors and have a hater and the stupid dog yada 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 <laughs> and they finally show the dog and it's got like blurred out what's been cut in its fur <laughs> and you know, like the, the neighbors are like is she going to jail and it's so funny because i'm like oh my god this huge side <laughs> plot and they didn't even use it wow so, yeah, those yeah. super fan episodes are a trip that's funny are those on dvd or what I don't know. They're. I think they're just on. P- they're a Peacock exclusive right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They Dude. probably
0: were put together after yeah. the DVDs came yeah, out. Yeah, I well think after. they
2: they took all the extras and maybe stuff that hadn't even made the DVDs, like mm-hmm. footage, and and they they built them. So, because you'll be watching, you know, like I remember, I will remember, and they be like, "What the bleep is this?" I don't know <laughs> this at all. So yeah,
0: it's it's good stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, I have a
1: question for you, uh, both of you, if you if you've been yeah. reading uh Sins of Sinister.
0: Have you guys read yes, reading that? Mm-hmm. I haven't. <clears throat> yes, I'm 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 all finished with that. Well, I just read the, I the don't know if you'll X be you'll 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 be able
1: followed. to answer this, but how how did he take over the whole council? Like Yeah you know he, you know Professor X and everybody Emma, they all have. Mm-hmm.
0: Did he like sp- kill them yeah. and then, mm-hmm. then splice them? He, he, cu- he with kept his he DNA. Kept try- he kept trying and then resetting, trying, resetting, trying, resetting. And finally, he got it where he killed Emma, Hope, Exodus, He killed a good mo-
1: majority of
0: them. <laughs> no, it, yeah, so it was those four he killed. And it was enough that, you know, he had like the sinister DNA hidden yeah. in there for the resurrection protocols. So, um, so then it just started spreading from there. And then, you know, eventually, you know, down the road, like other people might die here or there. And then from that point on everyone's got that gene in, in there. And that's how he ended up, but yeah, that's how initially he, he managed to end up getting those four killed. He needed a certain number to, what, to be what, dead. What,
1: what does it all have to do with the Maura McTaggart DNA? Because that's well, also
0: involved. Yeah, well, it's it's is that how they're
1: moving to, through time like so he fast? He has or... all of
0: those. He, he has all of those clones of Moria. Yeah. So like each time, like he he has them set so because you know her she it turns out like her mutant ability is that when she dies, she ends up starting her life over again. Over again. From the point that really yeah. That he was born, and the entire the entire universe's timeline is reset to that point yeah so um he has it set, so he can actually determine when you know that timeline would get reset, so that's what he was so so that's what where that's coming from. Um, into play is that you still, those clones are still out there. Yeah. So I don't know how far you're, you are in reading, but the first.
1: I, I just started, sort of but I stuff. it's been building in X-Men Red and X-Men Immortal yeah. X-Men for a long yeah, time. The sins of Senator, like he, Sin- he, he's Sinister. been, he's been planting the seeds. Like there, there's been a couple of Immortal X-Men that just like, let's focus on Mr. Sinister. And, and then the big player they have that one that happens in the past with destiny, you know
0: mm-hmm. yep it, it he's yeah.
1: he's really become like to me this this is the not the biggest x men like i i am just an x men fan i'm not the biggest one, but uh he's becoming pretty interesting like' it's very' it's very yeah they, they've, the the they've the ri- the writing teams have i mean if they've accomplished anything, they've made mr sinister like sinister like up. yeah
0: and and mike i'll tell you you know having read it and now reading like the mortal x-men after not giving anything away but just that a lot of your events you know to one extent or the other maybe they kind of reset things back to how they were by the time the event's over sometimes yes sometimes no sometimes a little sometimes a lot um this one it just i mean picks right up it's like you know there's all these Changes and stuff because of what he ended up doing. Even even though I don't think it's much of a spoiler to to learn that you know eventually the timeline gets reset. I mean, otherwise you know, the entire Marvel universe would be set. You know, well, yeah, it's up, what well, it's,
1: the way the event is running, it's like ten years into the future. The hundred yeah, years, it the goes way, ten it years. Goes I think hundred yeah.
0: years and a thousand.
1: years. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to. Mutants dying again, like it just—it's—it's it's played its thing. But I—I I don't. The whole—it's it, really disturbing when you come to think of it that big players in the the Marvel U have died and have been spliced with other DNA. Yeah. Like like it. it like even going forward, even if this immortality thing ends, it is disturbing as hell. Because who knows what else he's done? Like, he's not good. <laughs> no, he's not
0: good. I mean, the only reason they explain, the only reason why they're, he's even there is because of his clone technology and stuff like that. And that he had all that information that helped the, the Five, you know, initially get started with. You know the I just
1: don't know how he could take out like Emma and Professor X. That just. Seems... I don't remember
0: what issue it was. It might have been I... in one of the Immortals. He, he, I don't he, remember. He would
1: have to be wearing like a a Magneto helmet. Or, or you got to go back
0: and find that issue because it it showed exactly what happened and how he ended. I don't remember what issue. Well, it I,
1: was. I've read all the Immortal.
0: I don't remember that. It might have not been that one then, but but I mean, if it would have been any of them, I would have guessed it would have been. Immortal, but it, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it was one of the other yeah. ones. I, I just can't think of what else it would be, except for maybe regular X Men. I missed Did out you, the
1: the two that I the two that I decided to read digitally turned out to be the best ones, and the <laughs> the, the other ones that that you know they're just okay. They're good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stuck well, with I stuck yeah, with X Men, X Factor, and and Wolverine, and that was pretty much it but but in my opinion immortal is the best
0: like it, it seems to be the one that's, it's that's so the most intricate. involved with like what's going on yeah
1: yeah it's intricate like it's not the most action packed for sure it's the no it's the more thought provoking
3: and it, I totally it, agree.
1: It, it it it's like what's happening with all the big players like on Krakoa.
0: It looked, Mike. I'm looking this up for you. I think you have to go back and reread Immortal x number nine. Okay. Apparently, that's that's um that's the issue that he ended up killing him.
1: Wow, that was a long time ago.
0: Well, I just read eleven. That was. It's only been a couple months.
1: Oh, is she not nine. I might have read it. Yeah. Well, no, I did read when he killed him. I don't remember okay. it. I don't remember. I read when he killed him. What I what I didn't understand is how he masked his. Uh, like Professor X can be in any. I, I don't. How how could you get that close to him without him knowing?
0: Oh. Unless unless actually, you were wearing just, like a,
1: a a magneto helmet. Do you know what I mean? So he can't. Yeah. Penetrate yeah. your thoughts, but. I, I don't know. It seems like he's always been pretty shady in this whole X Men <laughs> thing. Anyway, with that helmet, like I, I don't trust. A hundred percent. I wouldn't trust him for <laughs> Skinny Professor X with the helmet. No, no, sir. I don't trust that guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: he's been he's been very questionable ever since that um, onslaught. Thing came about you know everything after that they don't show him him him
1: and Beast
0: yeah at their best you know he's always they're always like kind of a shade of gray Beast is well is
2: that a way Hickman kind of signifies that you've got a a shady version of a character because that was Mr. Fantastic's deal as he had the helmet
0: (laughs) I think so I think you're right very similar helmets
1: (laughs) Mr. Fantastic had the console of reeds
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
1: that that was the read of the Ultimate Universe, right? Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which is coming back, I guess. Ultimate Invasion.
1: Yeah, I'm picking that up.
2: I'm just gonna read it digitally. Same. <clears throat> they hiked up the cover price a little too much for my liking. I'm like, eh. Well, I
1: don't you know. know if you've seen the trend, but the page yeah, the, pa- the page counts are not going up. No, we talked about this two the cost, weeks ago. And the we're seeing it is more and more. Four ninety nine, and this is not with just like it was. It used to be it was just with independents like Scouts and aftershocks, mm-hmm. and but now it's like in Marvel and DC like regularly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah. oh my Kingsport god, was
2: the one I remember that everything was the first to be everything was four ninety nine, and um I got it anyway because they did. Uh, ninjas versus robots and i really like well, that that's, series that,
1: I, I love that one
2: mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I love and,
1: the boy boy or whatever that one is the the one that stinks like yeah. hell that one's a good yeah. one too
2: and then um was it aftershock they started doing it with
0: issue one. issues yeah. yeah
2: and i went like well bleep you i'll wait and see what people say <laughs> and then <laughs> and, now, and now you don't have to worry about it because yeah, they the they're, they're toast aren't they
0: they they are they're, they're a premier publisher and Diamond that doesn't put out any new material.
1: <laughs> well, they're in trouble oh with gosh. the creators. They haven't paid them, so the, the, I, I th- think crazy. I think what they're I think they're in the mode like Boundless and Avatar.
0: They they're just they, trying they to sell their are.
1: back catalog to yep. try to pay back who they owe. The, the I,
0: difference The difference is, is, and you're absolutely right, Mike, that's exactly what it is. The difference is the right of the front of the catalog is, a, is one of those deluxe publishers with like literally six or eight pages of just everything that they've already put out. Well, there's yeah. a
1: lot of crazy stuff happening. AWA is like two books to one book oh a
0: month. God. I'm worried about them because I love them. Well, yeah, like I told you, they're, I think their stuff.
2: publishing model was not smart. It was too I mean, it ambitious, I think. Well, I think it also benefits the consumer almost too much cuz what's the point in me spending $16 for single issues that probably are not going to really rise in value uh when I can get the trade first off the bat for $10 every time. They never deviated from that. So I just think that's that's a bad model for them.
1: Yeah, so but they—they did—they did, they, they, they did try stuff, and I—I I, I think they were. Well, it was Alex Alonso, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's the Marvel. It's a lot of the Marvel people are part right. of that AWA. Um, I think Theodato. they wanted it. Yeah, I think they well now he's coming back and doing Flash, so uh, that just means mm-hmm. that just goes to show because he was almost exclusively AWA. That right. just go that that tells you what's happening around the wall right there. Oh, is, yeah. uh, I mean, they they can't pay can only him get so to much do. Work yeah, when they only
0: do one or two issue a, a month now. You know. Yeah. It's too bad because I love that publisher. I, there's been very few things that I haven't thought were yeah. absolutely amazing from them.
2: Artiest. Well, I, I got excited because like John Lee's had been, you know, down in the like C grade publishers for years, and he was finally kind of getting books in front of people. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And... Yeah, his wrestling one was
0: great. He, what oh, I love that the, one. He did another one that was really, really good. I don't remember what it was.
2: It, but he he's a great writer. But he was working at places like Comics Tribe, you know, where a lot of faces weren't going to see his books. So. Mm-hmm. It was good exposure for him. Maybe he'll end up at Image or Dark Horse or something. So, because yes. yeah, you hate to see some of these guys who finally got some some recognition to just fade away again.
1: And then you got IDW. Kind yeah. of Oni did that thing not about a year ago, and they seem to be p- putting out about the same amount of material. So who knows? I just think, I think they're pricing themselves out of a market. <laughs> I mean, it's slowly because I, I was I like, agree, I, I, made, I made extensive cuts and I'm like, yeah. God dang, that's still 800 bucks. And that's like, well, I mean, it's Mike, because think they're all 4 like,
0: who go we, we go through DCBS and if it wasn't for them, I mean, really? $5 for a comic book? Yeah. Like, yeah. At least I'm not really paying $5. Right. You know, it might be it might be two ninety nine, 25 whatever. Three
2: twenty four, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, three twenty four. I mean, it's it's nuts. It's like I can't imagine really going and paying five dollars per
2: comic book. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I think about somebody like Professor Frenzy who does his show and he buys all those books for the show uh, that he does the reviews on, and I'm like, he's going to a local store in New York City, so I'm like. <laughs> You know already cost of living is not cheap and he's plunking down for those indie books like you're saying 5 bucks 4 bucks 5 bucks 6 bucks 4 bucks you know and he's yep. reading pretty much the bulk of them every week it gets expensive i don't know how people do it
1: Yeah it's and i'd rather spend stuff on older issues now yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's kind of where my I'm like you. I saw a tweet you did the other day, Mike, and I really am the same kind of person. Except I, I because of my limited budget, I I will also rabbit hole with other things and have to cut back. You know, DC and Marvel as well. But like when I get to a point where I'm really rabbit holing, that's all I care about. So well,
1: it's also the only thing that you could sort of get return on your investment. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Because you could like either I sell sell it in a run, or wh- whereas the indie stuff, you really you could put it out there, but you have to find that person, and that's you a lot hard. You have to find that person, and yeah. there
2: has to be a demand for
1: it. Exactly. You know? But like Star Wars, for example, there'll always be a demand for that. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with having Star Wars versus something
2: else. And that's why uh, I have all those dark horse books, and I'm never gonna sell those because. <laughs> I mean, those Dark Horse Star Wars, they're always going to be a demand for those. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, can, they, When I croak right before the kids graduate high school, they can sell them for college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll have Mile yeah, High drive up and last... get them a dollar each. Boom. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see the
0: last, last month, um, or this? I guess this, this current previews? Um, it looks like maybe diamond realized putting like dark horse and IDW just in the middle of the thing was probably wasn't good for those companies or for previews or for diamond themselves. That doesn't they have a stone, the green section and the main, but they're right at the front, not in alphabetical order. Did you notice that? Like the first thing is dark horse.
2: Our LCS was literally calling people when dark horse got moved Mm-hmm. To tell them not to freak out, all his sub-customers, he had to call them and say, don't freak out. I know you I w- get fill-in-the-blank from Dark Horse. Yes. They're still in the catalog. To, I was
0: talking to an LCS here, and like, yeah, they're like, this is this is nuts. It was, it, 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 it's not helpful no. to, to an LCS to, to throw all that stuff all the way in the back.
2: I don't think sometimes Diamond gives a shit about the LCSs, but, the way they well, treat them. Well, they
0: need them. to start because yeah, they do. I need to see how they're losing publishers left and right. Right, it, yeah. maybe not exclusively, but enough that it's obviously affecting them. Because I mean, this it, it's it's crazy, yeah. Like how thin these books are compared to how they used to be.
2: Oh, I know. Uh, it, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with the way the the market just keeps changing and changing and changing. I I want to know what kind of digital numbers are actually out there. Because I don't know that I've ever gotten a, a clear idea of how stuff is doing digital.
1: I would no, I would man. assume it's like flatlined based on. Okay. Yeah,
0: I can't imagine. But, but, but but buying digital that it can't that it can't be substantial. <clears throat> who's gonna <throat> buy Who's gonna buy a digital file for five dollars, which is not... the same price as the actual copy? It, I I, I actually
1: sense. I actually think that most digital. Are going to that Marvel and limited and
0: DC that's what app because
1: that's what's affordable.
0: That's the that's the way to. go. I mean, if you only have to anything, read like you're gonna subscribe. Sit,
1: you. You have to read like five six books a month, and you've even less, and you've paid for less, your. Yeah. You've paid Bruh. for your subscription. Thanks, I mean,
2: thanks to um uh, DC Ultra, I don't know if I'm ever going to open a shrink wrap again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my uh hardcovers from now on at pristine because they're straight up dropping the entire hardcover on there. Yeah. It's kinda, that's, yeah. It's pretty awesome. It. Yeah. Because I read Death of a Prince the other day. I was like, I said, Kristen, I'm not even going to open this. I'm just going to read it right off the app. And
0: she's like, well, there you go. She didn't hit you and say, well, why did you buy it
2: then? No, because she knows enough about how much she's been watching me try to finish these showcases and essentials. She realizes sometimes these trades and collections hold value better than comics do. Yeah, Yeah. It's crazy. Like some of the – I don't even – the most, I, and, and this is nothing to Mike, but the most I have ever spent on a comic in my life, I spent on a a showcase the other day,
0: and the second really? most I ever
2: spent on a, a comic was another uh, showcase. So
0: wow,
2: yeah, That's crazy, yeah, because after shipping uh, the Witching Hour, and I had seen this one going for from anywhere from one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars, and I just got lucky that somebody had a buy it now and they were willing to negotiate. I think it was about 85 bucks. And wow. to me that felt like a steal. Cause honestly it's one of those I'd like, I may never get this one. Cause I'm not going to drop a hundred plus dollars on one of these. And those are yeah. the
1: only showcase I own are the, the horror and the mil- the war comics.
2: Yeah. And, and those are the ones that are, I think because the print runs were shorter yeah. uh, are the hard ones to get. That and the Essentials, the ones that are hard to get, are the late runs because they never got reprinted. So mm-hmm. there's some of the later X-Men, uh, Spidey.
1: Essential, Godzilla,
2: because... <laughs> I've got that one. I got lucky. I found oh, it that's lucky a good ones. one. Yeah. That is a great one. Yeah. But, but yeah, the uh, those sci-fi uh, war and um, horror are like the really tough finds for the showcases because yeah. the superhero ones were pretty much mass-produced yeah yeah so i gotta work on rock and weird war tales is uh, my next showcases so
0: i like how you're collecting those that's pretty cool
2: yeah i'm close yeah. the only thing i'm not gonna bother with is the oh because i don't feel like wasting the shelf for something that's on wikipedia or in one dk book mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i, I, I
1: like who- I, li- I like those dk books those are awesome.
2: me too I just, I can't, the room it would take to get the, because they did all the Ohatmus in the essentials. I'm like, I just, I don't care that much. So, so I'll have everything but that when I'm done. I got 10 to go, five and five.
1: Are those expensive, the
2: Mohatmus or? Uh, some of them are, some of them are dirt cheap. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the, like the original ones, like the, um, the deluxe edition ones are, uh, anywhere from like 10 to $15 and some of the like later handbook ones where they were uh, reprinting the um, three holes. Those can be like kind of pricey for what I would want them. They're like yeah. in the, you know, $50 range and I just don't care enough. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. I saw Sisu. Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, how was that? Yeah, that was, that was uh, something. I tell you, it was uh, <laughs> like a grindhouse type revenge movie with, in Nazi Germany. Well, Nazis were sort of being, it was towards the end of the war, they're getting pushed back, yep. <clears throat> and sort of in the retreat mode. And they sort of messed with the wrong guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Man, I thought they were going to kill that man's dog. I was getting so mad.
1: Yeah, that's like, I thought I was going to be another John Wick, right? Yeah. But they, they did yeah. kill something he loved, too.
2: So. Yeah, that's true. But uh, the- his hamster. Small spoiler: the dog lives, so yeah. you don't even have to look it up online. The dog makes it, so but yeah. Because I, I was like, "Man, they're gonna kill that dog, and that dog is cute and fluffy, and they need to leave him alone."
1: I think they did kill dogs, though. I think they killed those German shepherds or whatever
2: they were. Yeah, they did. Just not, just not his. Yeah, all I cared about was his dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw that
3: Nazi. Screw the Nazi, dogs. Nazi dog. <laughs> Was that you a know,
1: foreign like film? What, what? What? Where did that film come from? Like it? It seem, It seems like it was shot as a foreign film. Like
2: that's a good question. It well,
1: well it was in uh, English though, right? It was in English, but it it just seems like off the path of what an American studio would do. Well,
2: it's okay so he the guy who did it is finnish and he wrote it and directed it so okay. and it's, it's from finland, finland so okay guess, that, ex,
1: yeah. that that explains it <laughs> interesting
2: yeah. yeah i don't know enough about uh finnish movies you know like italians every uh they pro they uh dub everything post-production or uh, uh post-shooting so um all all the dubbing, all the dialogue is post production and that's why like you know those spaghetti westerns they're going to be dubbed whether they're in italian or in english so yeah. i wonder if maybe the the finnish do the same thing i yeah. don't know
1: this one seemed like a dub but it, it was so well yeah. done you don't notice it but yeah, it you just don't. it just seemed it seemed like a foreign film
2: Man, wow. it is freaking violent, too, Rob. It's really oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely will see it. I'll you want to see watch. some Nazis get jacked up, it's the movie you watch. <laughs> you know, speaking of Italian Western, did you guys
0: see that Rick Dalton passed away? Who's Rick Dalton? You know, he was the star of, uh, what was it called? Bounty Law?
1: I never saw that.
0: <laughs> did it just find right a lot of time in Hollywood? Yeah. Oh. I did see that. Announced that, <laughs> that, 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 that his fictional actor um, passed from, away. I'm surprised he
2: lasted this long. He's sick as shit in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but he, yeah, he lived to the 90. There you go. It's so funny to read the whole uh,
0: obituary because it's like, you know, after a chance encounter with uh, filmmaker Roman Polanski um, who... Uh, uh, and, like, a failed home invasion by an Ohio, like, failed singer or something. Like, like it was, like, really, <laughs> it was really entertaining to actually read this a little obituary. Because yeah, it's, like, scary. as if, like, nobody knows, like, Charles Manson, that name doesn't mean anything to anyone. <laughs> you know what
2: I mean? That's funny. Yeah. That's one of those movies, uh, and I'll, everybody's seen it, right? Mike, you've seen it? Which one? Once upon-, uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh
1: yeah, if it's a Tarantino okay. movie, I'm there.
2: Yeah, that movie. I was just, I was, I was like sick the entire time because you knew how it was gonna end watching yeah, it. Yeah,
3: well, you and then think, when it
2: didn't, so. yeah, <laughs> I was like frigging elated because I'm Me like, so? I'm like, this is like the nicest ending of a Tarantino movie I think ever. Ever. Like he gave us yeah. a, a really great happy ending. He's like, it you know was
0: what? fantastic.
2: What if these guys were there to 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 right. fuck up their plans and just you know this kill whole, them like, all? This whole like
0: alternate reality.
2: It was so good.
0: It could have happened, you know, somewhere. It, it was amazing. But you know, he did that in Inglorious Bastards too. With the that's, whole true. Yeah. that's true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just, this one I
0: thought was just so well done. It, it's honestly, I think it might be my favorite Tarantino movie.
2: I, it's up there. Yeah, and I, still, I, I still
0: love his... Kill Bill, the, probably the best. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Kill Bill, when you take one and two together, it's like, yeah. wow.
2: For yeah. me,
1: it's Death Proof. That's my favorite. <laughs> I just love that.
2: I, I think I told you that story. When I watched Death Proof in the theater, I was so pissed at it because I just had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been sitting. I mean, you sit through that that whole thing. It was like three but and d- a half hours. But you went to yeah. Grindhouse,
1: right? Which is yeah, both yeah, films. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Rodriguez didn't... is the the one in front, and then Gr- Death Proof was the second
2: one. Yep. Yep. So by the time you got through that and all the trailers and the interruptions, like, I had to pee so bad. I think it was just, I was just crabby. So I finally watched it again last year, and I'm like, oh, this is actually really good. I was Mm -hmm. just having a bad day.
0: (laughs) It's funny, Joe. I just watched it last year again for the first time since the theater as well.
2: Did you watch them back to back? Yeah, I watched it as one movie, yeah. Yeah. Mm I was mad because the DVD set I, I picked up, or maybe it was Blu-ray. I think I picked up the Blu-ray. I was watching it because the description said it was going to have all the trailers and everything, just like the theatrical experience, and it it didn't. And there's one a few Amazon reviews I've ever written, and I'll really be like, this is great. Both the movies are great. It does not contain the trailers. <laughs> be forewarned. You know?
0: Yeah, because you want that experience. I mean, if you're getting that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that experience. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that Thanksgiving trailer that um Eli Roth did was so freaking hilarious and it's not on there. Hmm. Or did, did it, it have did the it, guy? Did it have the, the machete? It it does have the machete. That's the only one on there. Okay. It doesn't have the Rob Zombie, werewolf, Nazis or any oh, of that yeah. stuff. So it, that was kind of a bummer, but it's they're still really good movies and you can yeah. find that stuff on YouTube, I think. I'm assuming. Probably. Yeah, probably. If not, it's on Vimeo where they don't give a give a shit about copyright. You know? <laughs> One or Joel, the other. I,
0: I want to hear about uh, not like a not an in-depth review of all of them, but just want to hear about some of those these movies you've been watching. You got you've been watching you and and Nick and stuff going back and forth watching these like I'm gonna just say like obscure movies.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was rabbit hole. That's one of the things I was talking about. I was really rabbit holing for a while, and um, uh, free comic book day kind of reinvigorated me. So I'm back on a comic kick, and, and I'm, I'm probably going to fall behind Nick right now. But yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been on a kick trying to get as much watched as I could, and uh, I, the first thing I think last time we talked, I was doing the uh, the big the big three uh, watch through with Scream and friday and nightmare and then mike was like well what about halloween so i tried to watch some halloween i still hadn't tracked down four and five Mm -hmm. but um but yeah i don't know how it initially started i just i rabbit hole man and then i i go for one thing and inevitably it'll be like my comics are doing right now so with comics i really was focusing while i was on my movie kick with just keeping up with the books i cared about most at marvel image and dc and then a pre-comic book day just reinvigorated some juices because I got a bunch of back issues. And so I'm doing Marvel and DC back issues. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, eh, I got a lot of unread, weird indie 80s books downstairs. And so I got <laughs> that in, in the side of my head working now, too. So, And that's the way I think I start with movies, too. I'll be like, I'll work on this. And then, you know, working on something mainstream-ish like, the slasher movies turns into working on kung fu movies turns into working on weird french crime movies <laughs> you know what i mean and you just you go further and further down side holes when you yeah. when i rabbit hole and that's why you're getting a bunch of Scout comics in the in the mail from uh, when I really rabbit holed hard on Scout, and I was just picking up everything every month, whether I had like the first issue or not. So,
1: speaking of four ninety nine, that's a company that's almost all four ninety nine now.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's true. I think that's why uh, what's his name split off from them, Black Caravan, because he didn't like the way they were doing business at uh, Scout. Oh, so. really? That's what Kirk told me. Yeah. He said he talked to him at one of the conventions and said he, I can't remember that guy's name. He writes like half the books there. Yeah, Joseph Smoky? Yeah, yeah. So he just was not happy with the the Scout partnership. And that's why uh, at this point, I think they're completely broken off. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, there's just, there's so much stuff out there. And that was one of those when I know you guys keep your books, but when I look at stuff, I end up going, what is the point of this book in my household
0: <laughs> oh oh you're yeah. logical
2: yeah so i'll be oh, like I okay see. this is issue three of a five issue series that i have no attachment to bye bye so and or i'll go like okay this is a random issue of blood feud spawn but it's spawn so i keep it does that make uh, sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's got a character or a storyline that I have attachment to, I'll hang on to it. But if it's just yeah. some random independent series that, like I said to Mike earlier, is probably never going to have any value, and right now it doesn't have any like sentimental value to me. I usually those are the first ones to go bye-bye. What yet. do you do so, with those? I usually uh, give them to friends, or huh. I have donated them because it's not worth selling them because it's a huge hassle. You like drop them off. You get ten cents a book, and you got to. Well, like if you wait find around, shit
1: like, in the '80s that you don't like, that's independent, then I'm there.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say those are usually the exception because what did they do in the '80s? They both they mostly still were doing like um. I always get them backward. Serialized is when it goes. Well, if you if one, you find one, across two.
1: some Aerosol or Eternity or you know things yeah, like the, that you don't want, then
2: we'll do. Like them. Yeah. Yeah, but those are like I say; those are usually one I keep because they're episodic. That's the word I was trying to think of, oh, okay. instead of serialized. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you have or, to you want to read the next one and you read the yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, you, you you're you can you can read one and get enough of a story out of a random issue of like Vietnam Journal.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: whereas, like, you, you do that with a modern comic from an independent company, there's probably not enough there. But whereas. It's kind of like what I was telling my wife yesterday. Why does Guardians 3 the best one? If you would never seen any of the Guardians movies, I don't know if you would think it was the best one. The reason Guardians 3 is the best one is because you have two Guardians movies, two Avengers movies that give you such an enriching uh, backstory that you care so much about these characters that this one being the ultimate one makes it the best movie for me. Does that make gotcha. sense? Yeah. And I think gotcha. comics are the same way. I can drop in randomly on a Cap or a Spidey if I haven't been collecting it because I don't like John Romita Jr. and um, pick it up and be like, okay, I know Spidey. What are you up to today? And I might not know everything, but I got enough historical context that I can enjoy the single issue of Spider-Man. Whereas like, if I pick up a random issue of an image book that doesn't have a... A character that's been around for a while I, it may not mean anything to me mm-hmm. right that makes total
0: sense yeah. you don't know where you don't know where uh, you don't know any of the background right crap, so yeah
2: so that's i think a disadvantage to those creators where the some of those creator wrong works that they've decided to do very you know serialized fiction where you have to read all four I- or five issues that makes it harder for somebody to jump in and give a crap you know yeah and that's why the books I never drop are the ones I have the history with, like Savage Dragon and Spawn. Like yeah. I'll keep, keep, I'll keep getting those from Image, regardless. So. I, st- <laughs> I
1: I still think Guardians personally, like I, I get what you're saying. Like this, the the one thing that Guardians did that I think all the other Marvel movies don't do as well is they get you personally attached to a wide variety of characters, like. Emotion- they showcase the characters emo- uh, way yeah. better than
2: Avengers do.
1: Well, well yeah. any any of the movies, yep. really. You you like mm-hmm. become yeah. like emotionally attached to these characters. Like they have you really feelings. Do. They, uh, yeah. You, you so you care. That's why I wish he would continue with the Suicide Squad because he he does the same thing with that. Right. You know, like Peacemaker and all the other characters. They're 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 flawed characters, but you learn and care about these characters. It, that's what Guardians does well. I just think the first Guardians, to me, it felt like Star Wars. Like mm. it was, it was the very first, like this science fiction adventure that had the caliber of 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 what we saw in Star Wars, and I hadn't seen anything like that since then.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's why Guardians, the first one, is up there. I still think yeah. Iron Man three is one of my favorites, but <laughs> I have my own reasons for that. But uh, Guardians yeah. uh, Guardians three was was very. I, I also like the villain. Like I I think.
2: I High think, evolutionary.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. the guy played him fantastic, and I think he was like a true true villain, even though he had these uh, vi- these things for something that was good. He was a terrible
2: mm-hmm. villain. Well, he was he was completely mad by the end of it. Yeah, you know? he had lost all sense, and that's why right. like his own... oh spoilers I should hush. Have you seen <laughs> it yet, Rob? Oh no, no. Okay, I'll be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> when right. you do, we'll, we'll we'll talk in depth. It's 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 in my top probably handful of of comic book movies. I, I really really enjoyed it, but like I say, I I brought so much baggage with me to it. That I feel like it was a big kind of like everybody felt about um the in the infinity war in game I felt like it was a nice payoff for people who have been with them the whole time mm-hmm. yeah yeah,
1: it did feel so cool. like a first it's one of the franchises you know that didn't fit into the phases to me like yeah it, it did it just naturally mm-hmm. felt in like it was in the first phase, like
2: mm-hmm. it didn't yeah. like. And- they didn't even feel like they bothered tying it in like all the other movies did either. Like yeah. there was no Kang appearance, you know. Uh, well, they they like...
1: they they, uh, they they changed High Evolutionary, but I think they made him like more interesting. I agree, <laughs> I way and, more interesting. And the thing with Warlock, I feel the same. Like I, I feel like yes, it's very different, but it like mm-hmm. made sense, like the way that he he was written in, yep. and um. The opening scenes with Warlock are badass. I mean, they're so <laughs> good. They're so good. I mean, it's like pulse pounding, like boom, 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 and uh, yeah, I, I was I was really impressed. There are a lot of people that are like, "Well, oh, that's not my Warlock, or that's not high evolutionary." And I'm like, they did <clears throat> it right. I mean, yeah, I, I people don't. What people don't realize though is making a movie is tough because comic readers, they're they're, they're Ninety thousand people. I mean, yeah. that's not a lot of people.
2: Yeah. So and, and, and the thing is, it, it has to ultimately appeal to the people who are watching the movies, not the ones who are reading the comics. Exactly.
1: And and that's why I think they change things, right. like for the better, for the worse. In some cases, it's for the worse. But that the, they they do things for what a reason? They're trying to appeal to a mass market rather than. Where the right. source material came from.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, nitpicking. Cosmo's a girl in this version. Yeah, you know? and and I'm like, well, did talk they need about it? spoilers, Joe? Thanks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm like, did they did they really need to change that? But like, you did, you, you might not
1: have known this, Joe, but Cosmo hmm. is Rob's favorite character, like yep. in all comics, and you just ruined right. it for him. I'm Just so sorry. I will drive to, New <laughs> I'll
2: drive to New York, and we'll go see it together.
1: He all has right. every appearance of Cosmo that really ever happens.
2: No, he's making all this. All <laughs> right, he's, pulling, he's pulling a Kirk Spencer's what he's doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Remember when he like convinced Mike that uh, what's his name? That Mortimer guy was my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> i can't even remember his name. is it win mortimer, yeah, like yeah. mortimer yeah win mortimer yeah he, he was very very
1: convincing yeah <laughs> it's That's... different for me with kirk though because i know kirk i've eaten with him at, at right. a comic-con i've i've been with him at a comic-con so i physically met him but right. i don't like know him as well right do you know what i mean i do so, of of, of the, I, I guess the four, five of us that are on this show, I know him the least.
2: Well, unfortunately, he he's probably also at this point the one you've got to spend the least amount of time with. So yeah,
1: yeah. but yeah. but in, yeah. in all fairness, I never been, I've never met Rob or you physically.
2: No, well, I, I have,
1: I have met Chris. Right. I, I've actually spent more time with Chris because Chris came to my house and spent a week with me. He but, slept uh, in your bed. He slept in my bed. That's right.
2: There you go. But and uh, that, that's a game changer.
1: And, and, and <laughs> oh. I, I've been with them to, to a couple of cons. I think Baltimore and Heroes, both.
2: Heroes yeah. is the one in the Carolinas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going this year. If ever, Maybe, I mean, maybe we, someday
0: I'll be able to go to Heroes.
2: We have
1: our tickets. We have our plane tickets, our hotel. The only thing that could change things is if something happens. You know.
0: I'll be honest, though. They, they just keep putting it on Father's Day weekend. I probably will never end up going.
1: And you just do what Bill does. Hey, I, I'm a father. I want to do something for me. Let me go. Yeah.
0: That's what Bill does. I would does. like to be away from all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I want to I, remember I, what it was like prior was to being you a father.
3: <laughs> you, you owe me a father Father's Day. Guy. Well, the...
1: you, gotta you have to word it differently. I need to be away so I can reminisce on how important you guys are in my life.
0: Oh, you don't think the way I have it is... Is helpful.
1: <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> that's not going to get you anywhere. Help you, help you
3: get in trouble. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was uh, just thinking, though. Kirk always asks me every year, like, "Do I have anything I'm looking for?" Now that I'm down to just ten, I can say, "Yeah, these ten items," and that'll be an easy wish list to send him. That's very true. Yeah. Well, because I always needed like a bunch, and now that I don't need as many, it, it doesn't seem like. I mean, I can make the list in like two minutes.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, can I uh, get started? Sure. Um, I'm going to kick this one off with an 80-page giant Superman, and I'm going to light oh lightning through it with the exception of one story. Uh, this is a collection of uh, Superman stories. 80-page giant was DC's way of reprinting a lot of old stories before. And um this one has one, two, three, four, five, six, six comics. It took me an hour to read. Um the first one's The Creature of a Thousand Disguises. This is about a boy. This is cool because what, it's
0: a boy. what is issue is it is it part of the Superman series or is it a whole different No, it's eighty like, page how do I find Gi-
1: it? eighty page search for eighty page giant number six.
0: Okay.
1: You'll find it on our database.
0: Not coming up. The only thing that comes up is one from 2010. Really? I'll put 80 page. Hang on, I'll just write 80 page giant.
1: No, do you spell out 80 or use the number?
0: I'm using the number that's no.
1: 80 page giant magazine. Huh. That's weird no, that you don't, don't see it. it. Maybe you only see the ones that. Do you have it filtered on um, only books that you have in stock?
2: No, well, no, on no. CLZ it popped right up.
0: <laughs> it, giant magazine. Yeah, that we,
2: that's it's what just I say. Eighty-page
0: giant on CLZ. Okay, it's well, my ma- loading now. Number six, I got it. Yeah. It's it's a red cover. Yeah. Yep. Red top. Yeah.
1: So this monster X. This 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 does focus. it, it is really themed. So whoever the editor was of this, every story is monster driven. So so the first story is is a uh, Superman story and this is back in the day when Superman had time like he had time on his hands because some woman that loses her son could go to the Daily Planet and say Perry White my son's missing can you have Superman look into it and he's like <laughs> oh sure I'll tell Clark Kent and Clark Kent will come and he'll 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 find Superman so this kid ran away from home because his mom was giving him shit And uh, he got tired of it, ran away. And he runs into this creature and this creature can change shape and they become best friends. So he like says, look at this book. And he could turn it into an airplane, he could turn into all this stuff. And he he eludes Superman. So Superman rescues this kid and brings him back to his family. And he's like, thank you for bringing me back, Superman. And then this alien is like, hey, I want my buddy back. So he, he tries to find the little kid again. But um, he does he does re- reunite them and and then and the alien does go back to his planet. But it's pretty cool that like you could just reach Superman by going to the Daily Planet. I love that. <laughs> and just the next story had me intrigued the whole way. Like I was sucked in like a lot of pages of the Superboy, uh, the thing that stalks Smallville. And I'm like, man, Superboy's a jackass. He's lying to his to mom, Pa Kent, and he's he's doing criminal acts with this creature that looks like a neanderthal and they're killing people they're they're act- they, they go into town and this creature would freeze and turn them into stone and I'm like why is superboy protecting this thing like he's he's killed like 10 15 people kills the mayor kills a banker kills a cop kills all these people are turned to stone and dead and you're like what the hell is happening and you're like why why is superboy doing this well it turns out that these creatures were aliens that infiltrated smallville and they were going to kill destroy the world and uh superboy helped this creature track them down and freeze them so he can take them back into space and i think they were dead though essentially cuz it even mentioned death but it, it's such a weird story hmm. <laughs> next one is nuts Because it's a Jimmy Olsen story, and uh, somehow the frequency on the Superman watch changed. So when he pushes the button and says, oh, Superman, I need your help, this weird-looking creature that looks like an octopus with a brain inside of it, uh, he (laughs) actually looks like (laughs) Willie from Willie and the Chopper Bunch. Maybe, maybe he's on the cover, yeah, he's on the cover, yeah, he's, he's in the got, middle, yeah, main one, yeah, so he's that main creature, it shows up, and instead of Superman, Superman doesn't show up, so every time there's an emergency, this creature shows up and saves Jimmy, even when he's on a date, like he he's gonna try to score on Lois Lane's um sister, and they're on like a mountain you know getting ready to make out, and this creature shows up and they, they all get scared of this monster. It doesn't look scary at all, but everybody no. gets scared by it. So anytime they go to a restaurant, this thing shows up. Everybody <laughs> freaks out and runs out the other way. He can't go to a football game because this creature shows up, scares everybody away. They find out what's happening and Superman tells him, well, I'll fix your watch, but he gets called off into space and he can't fix the watch. So all kinds of other crap happens, but eventually he fixes the watch and, uh, he's able to call Superman back. But before that happens, he takes, uh, Jimmy to the other planet with him. And, uh, he's the monster. So, so like when he's on his planet, Jimmy's there and they're like, look at this. It looks like a monster. Everybody's scared. So it's like hmm. inverted, like, Oh, he looks like a monster to their people. So, um, we're all monsters, I guess. Uh, this next one is Superman, the Hyper Menace from Krypton. This one uh, is interesting, but it was my least favorite. It's the coolest concept. Is There's this Kryptonian technology that's attacking and killing people and causing these natural disasters. And the detective that Clark Ken is, he finds out it's Kryptonian. And he's like, well, what other Krypton guy would do this? And he finds out that his father was making these robots to to destroy things <laughs> before he launched him into space. And then he got distracted because Krypton was going to blow up and he went away from the robots. But whenever uh, Clark uh, kal was launched into space, so was this uh, this robot. And that's what started destroying stuff. Um hmm. The next one is by far my favorite, and this is where I want to spend time because I, I'm i not like... Uh, every time there's a Bizarro story, it seems like they tweak like how he came into play or what happened. But this wasn't like the first appearance of Bizarro. Bizarro had been around before, and there was a duplication ray, and Luther goes to Smallville to get this duplication ray, and he tries to duplicate Superman and he makes Bizarro uh, which he just starts destroying stuff and Luther's like well I can control Bizarro but this Bizarro is really heartfelt and he actually captures (laughs) Luther and imprisons him so his own creation (laughs) took him to jail and imprisoned him so Luther was taken out of the picture by by, uh, this Bizarro creature and then Bizarro finds out He sort of is a monster. He tries to help Superman. That doesn't even work out. The military gets involved and they're like, let's launch a a nuke. Let's destroy this creature. (laughs) They launch a nuke against Bizarro. I can't imagine a (laughs) nuclear weapon. Like how many people they killed trying to kill Bizarro. And then years later, they're contaminated with radiation and die of cancer because (laughs) they launch a nuke at Bizarro. They didn't care. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's just so funny. And then later on, they're they're in the plane, they're flying, and they track down, and they find out that Bizarro wants Lois. So Lois, he takes Lois to a a island in the middle of nowhere and builds this really Bizarro like shack for them, so they can get married. And Lois is like, I don't love you. I want to get married to Superman. So this (laughs) Bizarro does the craziest shit ever. He's like, if I go back and I find that duplication ray and I duplicate myself, I can make a Superman, a a person, a perfect Superman. So she she will marry that Superman. So now there's three Superman. There's Bizarro. There's the Bizarro. Bizarro Superman who (laughs) looks like Clark, like in every, and the only thing he doesn't is he doesn't talk. He even tricks Lois, like, I want to marry you Lois and she's like heck yeah let's get married. So he like he like shows up and they're like let's get married but he's like she's like why is he talking so weird? This can't be him. <laughs> so she rejects him and they they uh get kryptonite to to destroy the other Bizarro Bizarro Superman. And at the end of the story <laughs> there's this reef which which is really weird cuz usually you think a reef destroying ships and the ships would be underwater but th- this one has like pirate ships on it and nuclear subs and all this stuff on the reef and it's above water it's so weird and they have this this whole battle where superman and bizarro are fighting on these ships and they're like superman's like well I'm going to go to this pirate ship and launch all these cannons against bizarro and then bizarro starts throwing a nuclear things from a sub that crashed on this reef, and they they try to blow each other up, and it's like a battle that neither one of them can win. So Superman gets this idea, oh, I'm going to go use the duplication ray on Lois, and he makes a bizarro Lois, <laughs> and they live happily ever after, and they fly off into the middle of space. So yeah. what, a, what a great story. I, I actually loved it. It was so cool.
2: <laughs> that reminds and, me... I want to say it was in Superman from the 30s to the 70s because it's one of those stories that's burnt in my brain, which means it's probably from that book because I read that book over and over as a kid from the library. But do you all remember there was the Bizarro uh, planet and Bizarro Lois and Bizarro have a baby and it looks like a it looks like a normal Kryptonian slash human baby, and they're so upset. It's like but, this baby ugly. Exactly. <laughs> then, this like, baby beautiful. Whole, <laughs> and So it's up to all this stuff, and you know, and it, you get the whole Lois spank the baby, and, and but at the <laughs> end, of course, it turns into like the crystalline, uh, almost looking features that the Bizarros have. So yeah, those yeah, I, those stories are so good. I had a
1: blast reading this. Um... This this was, this was such a good comic. Like you got to be in the mood definitely for this stuff. You can't like want the modern stuff. <laughs> Cause, I mean there there were times where I was sitting next to Barb and I was laughing out loud. Like I was like this is so funny I, when they <laughs> lost the, when they lost the nuke Bizarro, I'm like well it didn't do anything. I can't imagine all the people it killed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, and see, those are the first Supermans I read were the weird, uh, you know, 50s and 60s stuff. So I, I definitely have a soft spot for, for all those mm-hmm. kind of adventures.
1: Yeah, this was, um, this was really good. I don't know, like it says on this, this issue here, like, I'd be curious to see what the original source material came from for that Bizarro story. Because it was, that was a fantastic story. All the other stories were kind of similar, you know, like there's mm-hmm. a monster, uh, you feel sympathetic towards the monster, and then the monster goes away and is happily ever after. But this Bizarro one, it has the same formula, but it is so, it has so much meat to it. And it has Lex Luthor, because he's the one that created the whole
2: disaster to begin with. <laughs> Speaking of which, have have a little side thing. Have y'all both been caught up on action and Superman? I yeah.
1: am caught up on a little bit, but I'm a little bit behind. But I
2: don't, I don't oh, okay. care if you spoil. Oh, okay. So Lex gets a freaking Superwatch now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what? Are you kidding me?
0: He's well, he, he gave his whole building to to to, to soups.
1: Well, I know he gave us building, but wasn't he imprisoned or something? Yeah,
2: he, he was. was yeah. 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 But that that like blew my mind. Is like so now Luther has uh, a el at his beck and call. He can just hit the button. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a great one, Mike. I love that. Yeah, uh, this is this is uh
1: this is highly recommended just for the Bizarro story. It is an amazing story. And my next book is even better. It's probably the best Superman story that I've ever read in Silver Age or Golden Age. This is Golden wow. Age, but it is... God,
0: so where did you pick so this good. up?
1: Uh, I think both of these came from Aaron
2: Myers. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you you tweeted that one. was Because the,
1: the other one that I did was uh, the first appearance of Supergirl, but it, mm. it's not really Supergirl. It's the prototype. So it came out before Supergirl was really a thing, and I'll tell you why it's not really Supergirl, but, um, yeah, it's an amazing issue. It's incredible. Also, three laugh-out-loud moments. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't laugh-out-loud at comic books that often. But each, each story, I had a laugh-out-loud moment. It was great.
2: You were enjoying yourself.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
2: That's great. Yeah. I've had so much good reading the the last two days. I I don't even know which ones I'm gonna cover. I, I have five comics and a trade sitting in front of me and I don't even know which one to talk about. <laughs> well
1: try, try to try to do the best ones.
2: Yeah. Well I was gonna say like I could do ble- best or bizarre. I, <laughs> <laughs> you could choose either. You, I, I did the one post this morning uh about the Ninja High School talks about STDs. Oh, uh,
1: I've heard about that.
2: Oh my gosh, I could I could tell you about it in, a, in a, it in about two seconds. So <laughs> maybe right. I'll I'll do it real quick. Yeah. So basically, um, Doctor Joe. I have no idea how you pronounce this. Joming Ming Dunn uh, wrote it, and Ben Dunn actually did all the artwork. So it's it's one of those things. Uh, the author the doctor said he had been digging around at the comic book store in the 25-cent bin, and he found a, a comic about safe sex, but it didn't talk about why uh, you should practice safe sex other than AIDS and pregnancy. So he decided, at being a doctor, he really wanted to make sure that STDs got talked about. So he he's like, well, I've got a buddy in the business, and I can't remember if it's his, his brother or... They got the same last name, so I'm assuming that's his brother. That would make the most sense. Um, and is works at Antarctic, and you know Ben Dunn created Ninja High School. So Ben said, you know, I'll draw the book. You come and uh, write it. Write the book, and we'll have a, a comic about uh, STDs, and it's free, of course. Um, what What is the know?
1: title of it?
2: It's called Ninja High School. Talks about STD, sexually transmitted diseases. What people should know.
1: Oh, there it is. I see it.
2: Yeah. So it was given out for free, uh, and it says it's part of the info series, which I don't think there's many of these from Antarctic that I know of, so it's probably the only one. So there's so few pages that aren't just, like, straight-up, you know, regurgitation about uh, what STDs do and stuff. I'll, I'll just shoot through it real quick. So you got the three of them walking, and uh, he goes, Itchy, you okay? You've been pretty moody all day. Huh. I'd rather not talk about it. Don't mind her, Jeremy. She's on her period. Hey, that's (laughs) personal, Asriel. Oops. (laughs) Boy, I'm sure you're glad I don't have the same problem you gals have. Lucky you. You humans sure are sensitive about things like that, because you know she's an alien. Mm -hmm. On my planet, Seleucia, we're more open about that. Oh, I suppose on your planet, you don't get girl problems. We do, actually. We are just not so grouchy about it. I'm going to take Ichi home, Jeremy. Okay, see you later. And so a random dude walks up that I don't remember from the comic, but whatever, his name's Rich. But he's going to be the kid to get STDs, so maybe that's why we've never seen him before. (laughs) Hey, Jeremy. Hiya, Rich. Great party last week, huh? Sure was. I noticed you with that girl from out of town. What was her name, Veronica? Let me tell you, I got lucky with her. Ow! And he starts grabbing his stomach. Rich, what's wrong? I got a real bad cramp. Hold on, I'll get you to a doc. So later, they're at the doctor, uh, and uh, he says to her, is he going to be all right? It's something he ate right. And she tells him, well, Jeremy, it's a little more than that. Sit down. I want to explain a few things to you. I think he may have a sexually transmitted disease. And then you start getting the breakdowns. It talks about UTIs, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, HIV, HIV. So, you know, it gives you a diagram saying what the urinary tract is. And if you know, if you're peeing a lot and it hurts and you may have a UTI and then it shows like a little devil stabbing somebody in the crotch. (laughs) Uh, And uh, the next one is gonorrhea. And uh, once again, it's talking about how uh, it's painful to go to the bathroom and it shows like a female crotch. This is such a weird book. Then it says, well, sometimes when you have gonorrhea, you also have chlamydia. It's called a co-infection. So he's like getting way too much information about like some dude he just got brought in. I would not want to go to this doctor with anything because she's going to tell him like everything you got. (laughs) But anyway, so then they're on to AIDS and uh, Jeremy's like, geez, I didn't know any of that. And this is after like six or seven pages of just, you know, information Sexually transmitted diseases are a very serious subject. Fortunately, we have treatment for most of these diseases. What about Rich, though? I need to run a few tests, but I think he'll be all right. Rich is lucky you brought him here. So many people ignore these symptoms until it's very bad. I never thought it could happen to Rich. That's the trouble with ASTDs. They can happen to anybody. And there you go. Anybody can catch an STD, especially if you fool around at a party at Ninja High School. (laughs) <laughs> so that was probably the weirdest thing i read this weekend i think i'd threatened to to read read this one on the show before so i tried my to. Read fa- it. My,
1: my favorite std uh book is uh lady cop i thought you were gonna <laughs>
2: say what your favorite std was
1: <laughs> i love lady cop so much because it has I so much in
2: sweet. it um <laughs> I'll, I'll just real quick uh, shoot through a couple of things, and the the other thing I was thinking about covering, I'll just maybe talk about one or two, and then I'll cover a full one if, if Rob's okay with it uh, Yeah. Sure. So I read the uh, Shock Suspense Stories EC Archives Volume 1, mm. and this thing is just packed. I have decided that this has got to be my favorite series, because... It's got war stories in it. It's got horror stories in it. It's got crime stories in it. And it's got sci-fi stories in it. So it's kind of like you're getting the best of all EC with maybe not the um, the comedy. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's just really good. So like one of the great stories in here, there's one called The Confession. This guy runs uh, into a woman and not. Let me rephrase that. He sees a woman laying in the road as he's driving by. He didn't actually run into her. Uh, and he decides, well, I've got to do something about this. I'm going to go. And this is pre-cell phones, obviously. This is in the uh, the 50s. So he's like, i got to go find a police officer. So he leaves the scene, and um, he goes to find a police officer. The police roll up on the set. They see the woman down. They think it's hit and run, which it probably was. But because they see this guy leaving the scene, they think he's the one who did it. So they take him in and basically, you know, try to get him to confess to the hit and run. And it just is, you know, pretty typical what we think of bad cops where they're just grilling him for hours. And like 10 hours later, they uh, still haven't gotten anything out of him because, you know, he didn't do it. Well, the chief comes in and it turns out it was his wife that had been run over. So they're like, well, you can't kill a wife of a cop. That's the same as killing a cop. So, they really start going to him. They start beating him. Then they bring in a lead pipe. And one of the policemen is like, You can't do this. This is n- not any way to go about business because anybody's going to confess if you beat them bad enough. And the police chief's like, No, we got to get a confession. So, finally, they beat him to the point where he's fractured his head. Like one of his eyeballs is almost hanging out of his head. Oh, I mean, it's comics. And he signs the confession. Chief goes home, stops by a store on the way, gets to the house, and puts in a new headlight because it was his wife that had been killed because he had run her over. So there you go. There's your nice little EC twist. Um, there's another really good one where uh, they've got a woman who is, uh, this one's called Dead Right. She hates her job. She hates her life. She goes to a gypsy, and the gypsy tells her, are we allowed to say gypsy? We're probably not. She's supposed to say fortune teller these days, I think. So anyway. Well, it's maybe a, she doesn't tell fortunes. There you go. This one does tell fortunes. So. Oh, okay. So the fortune teller tells her, you know, you're going to lose your job. She's like, I'm not going to lose my job. Boss isn't even there. She goes back. He's like, you are gone too long on your lunch. And she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I just came from out of town. The guard said you've been gone for an hour and a half. You're fired. So she's like, wow, this fortune teller knows your deal. So she goes back and she tells her you're going to get a job. So she goes and she gets a job. And she goes back to the fortune teller. She's like, you're going to marry someone who's going to be wealthy because the person that uh, they're related to is going to die. Well, she goes to the waitressing job and there's a guy there and he's really gross. Like he smells bad. He's not attractive. He's a large fella, And she says he stinks. He's losing his hair. He sounds like me on a bad day. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we're, uh, we're back at the fortune teller. She's like, nope, that's the guy you got to marry. So she goes back, and she finally agrees to go on a date, and she's disgusted by him the entire time. So she goes to the fortune teller, and she's like, so you promise me if I marry this guy, he's going to get a fortune. She's like, yeah, he's going to get a fortune from a relative, and he's going to die shortly thereafter. So she goes to it, and she agrees to get married to him. So she asks him and says, do you have anybody who's related to you who's wealthy? He's like, yeah, I got an uncle. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, turns out the uncle doesn't really have anything to do with his side of the family. So she goes back to the fortune teller again. She's like, I don't know what's going on, but you told me this was going to happen. And she's like, I promise you, he's going to get some money from his dead relative, and then he's going to die. She's like, okay. Okay. So she goes to a uh, cafeteria, one of those You ever see Agent Carter? What do they call those things where they open the slots in the it's like Foodomatic or something? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Where they like it has like a sandwich you open thing and pull it out. Anyway, it was one of those kind of joints. She's the millionth customer and she gets a tech for twenty-five thousand dollars. So she gets back home. Kathy, is that you? Yes, it's me, you disgusting pig. Kathy. She was wrong, you fat slob. Madame Vorna was wrong. It was me that got all the money, not you. What are you talking about, Kathy? What do you mean? I mean, I'm leaving you, you crumb. I don't need you now. I'm walking out. Thanks for three nauseating months. Kathy, you can't walk out. We love each other. Love, ha, I can't stand to be near you. Get out of my way, you filthy smelly. And, of course, (laughs) he can't take it anymore, and he stabs her to death. Oh, boy. So, what happened? He gets sentenced to the chair, so... His relative dies, gives him the money, and then he dies shortly thereafter. ba boom, boom. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just a couple of other really good ones I'm not going to go into, but I like the fact that yeah. it's funny. I always think about, you know, these are the books that people were so worried were going to corrupt our youth. And I wonder if it's because some of the social messages they didn't like as well. Because there's, there's things in it like there's an alien planet that they go to where they wear humans as the skins. And because earlier in the story, the main protagonist was upset that people were wearing animal skins. So of course the aliens wear human skins. There's a story about a Jewish neighbor who they burn his house down. And then the grandma finds out that they did that. And she's disgusted because he had been adopted. So he was Jewish too. And then they turn on him. There's a story where some policeman arrests somebody for the murder of a white woman. And... Uh, of course he didn't do it and the policemen take him out in the woods and kill him and then they get to the trial and they said release him he's dead and uh, release him he's not guilty and they're like well he's already dead and it's just there was a lot of things that i think were socially way ahead of their time in the 50s and i wonder if that upset people almost as much as some of the like um the horror and gore elements. Cause if I remember it correctly, the final book that he had to put out was a reprint of the story where the black astronaut takes off his helmet and the stars shine on his face. And the comics code said it looked like sweat on a black man's face. And it upset them and said they wouldn't give him the, the, the seal. So he said, screw you guys. It's going out anyway.
1: Why, why did they not like it? I don't understand
2: that the sweat. What can you explain that again? I can't remember exactly why they didn't like it, but the image upset them because the whole story, it's about like a robot society where there's robots of two colors and the one robot uh, color is basically treated better than the other robot color. And um, we don't find out the astronaut is black until he takes his helmet off. And you see his face, and the sharp the the stars shine on his face, and it looks like sweat. And for whatever reason, the comics code found it offensive.
1: That's interesting.
2: Yeah is, so is
1: is that material in the forward, or is it just stuff you knew about?
2: That one is one I knew from uh, I want to say the Al Williamson one that Fantagraphics put out.
1: Oh, okay, um, but but it's in like their forward. It's in their like forward. Yeah, it's where in, Talk yep. about them.
2: Yeah. Yep. But I just find it – I wonder if some of this stuff was subversive not just because of the gore and the horror, but it's just because mainstream white folks didn't feel the way maybe about you know, Jewish people and black people and different social things the way that they were portrayed in the books. And I wonder if that upset them.
1: Yeah, and our culture you know. now it seems to be more focused on sexuality than violence. It's interesting. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, if this comic was made now, I mean, it would be about probably about a trans person or a trans child, Uh, you know, or a drag show or something. And I I could see the EC like focusing on that and how, and because, you know, most of them would end with a little thing about these are problems that faces, these are all too real, da da da, you know. Yeah.
1: What -hmm. really gets me mad about stuff like banning stuff and all this is they're, they're making these decisions based on their beliefs. And it's right. not everybody's belief. Like, I could see being the parent. Like, I, I get it. And you're like, well, I'm not going to have my kid read book, blah, 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 because of my beliefs. Can you give him an alternative? Like, a school assignment, right? Sure. So, so like, I'm okay with that as long as, like, even when people say, let's ban this, like, don't buy it. You know, don't right. buy the comic. They you know
0: don't... better than you, though, Mike. They, they know what to protect you from.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh God! They're trying to keep me from burning in hell, is what they're doing, right? Yeah. It,
0: it, it, I, I mean, I, I think we probably all say, feel the same way, the three of us on here. But it's like it, it's it's maddening that w- who are these people that think that they they're allowed to decide what people can read and what they can't read, or or see or can't see. Yeah, so, it just drives me nuts. Why are they they the ones that, that they get to decide? Yeah.
2: That. We had a drag show story time for the kids last year and it'll probably never happen again because of the way the community a handful of people acted and let me tell you something those kids were not afraid of the drag queens they were afraid of the christians out there screaming and throwing things uh throwing papers at them
0: well i'm not they were the scary
2: ones (laughs) what
0: I'm not surprised to hear that. There's only yeah. one of those groups that are screaming, yelling, and acting like like they're potentially violent. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, to a child, it's obvious which one is scarier.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the the funny thing is, they what was the one thing they kept saying? They kept saying things about their grooming children. I was like, what is this, the church doing, but grooming children, you know? You're totally grooming them into this like very narrow belief system, yet again, that's super like, you know, this is how we feel. You cannot deviate.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, ultimately... Well, the, that, the ch-
1: that...
2: church... Sorry, go ahead. Catholicism is what
1: drove me away from re- religion because it terrified me as a kid. Yeah. Like, it, it was terrifying. It was very dark and creepy and everybody... Freaked me out, and uh, <laughs> that—that's what kind of made me not become a practicing Catholic.
0: Well, you had some I- I issues too, but like I—I I, I, I did have
1: some personal issues with a brother that was there, yeah. but there were just in general. Like I, I was so yeah. terrified I'd make up sins just so I could go to the confessional and say, <laughs> so I well, could do a rosary. I've like, heard I heard you
0: I... and Bell say that several times, <laughs> and 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 it's a hundred percent. When you're like an eight-year-old kid, and you're being told to go into confession
1: in this dark mm-hmm. booth, Seriously? in this what, dark,
0: what, what, this what dark booth
1: you where you can't see the, to the person on the other side, it's crazy. Right. You're kneeling there, you're
3: confessing
1: sins in this dark booth, like
0: it, it's yes, but, but creepy point, as like,
1: hell. You're like, well, I have to say something, so right. you just make up stuff. Oh, I made I made up so many lies that <laughs> I was I was sinning to, 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 confessional. to the confessional priest. Yeah, because what am I supposed to do? Uh, Go in there and say I have committed no sins. Uh, right. Amen. <laughs> oh, you're perfect.
0: Oh, you're yeah. saying you're perfect. You're supposed to tell us your sins, Mike. You know, yeah. and then you get in trouble for not saying anything. That's right. You're
1: lying to me. You have sinned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just make some stuff but, up. But I was just gonna say, like my grandpa, my my dad's parents and my dad all, bear, you know, steeped in, in, in Catholicism, they were not the typical, what you think of that. I I've never met, like they were so um, welcoming and oh, like, even my dad to this day, he's like, he doesn't care about, he, he understands that that's what the religion is, Yeah, but mm-hmm. is, is that going to, um, you know, change the way he would feel about, Somebody or what? Absolutely not. He right. doesn't. And 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 if you're going to be religious, that of course that's that's up to you, and that's that's your right. But at least be you know be open to other people and stuff. And and so he's really. I'm not religious, but if I was, I would be. That's how I would want to be.
1: Yeah. And there's, and, there's and people that do the... it right for the real reason that you should do it, and then there's people that don't. And usually it's the people that don't that are the most vocal.
2: Oh, you know? 100%. Yeah. I, I'm all for religion in finding what the greater meaning is out there for you. I think that's fine and wonderful. I have the problem when it's being used against others. Yeah. I have the right. problem specifically when you're using something that if you go down to its basic tenets is not what it is. You know, it's the oldest saying in the world. Not really, but it's an old one. Uh, Jesus hung out with hookers and thieves. He literally did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like read your own book before you start throwing crap at me. I
0: mean, that's a basic tenet, right? Is that you don't throw stones at others.
2: Right. Well, that's
1: because people...
0: That's all we see now.
1: Well, it's people, people read what they want out of the Bible, and they, they take, they consume what they want, and they they ignore the stuff that they don't want.
0: Well, and, and that is, you know, I mean, and, and that's, you know, I, 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 and that is an issue. It's like the the Old Testament and the New Testament are very schizophrenic from each other.
3: Oh yeah, you know,
0: and it's like you can pick and choose what you want to say and what you want to hear, but based on like like you said, Mike, and and it's unfortunate that it can give so many people ammunition.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like a cafeteria line. They're like, "Well, I'll take the potatoes and I'll take the cheese and I'll take the chicken, but don't give me the, you know, the fruits and vegetables." No, right? Theater. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So. That's why when I went in that confessional, I said I coveted my neighbor's wife.
0: <laughs> you were seven <laughs> years old at the. I... <laughs> yeah, seven years
2: old. I said, "She's hot, man. She's <laughs> a babe." <laughs> what is, what did Jimmy Carter say? I've had lust <laughs> in my heart. That's what you should have Something said. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, words to that effect, yeah. I had lust in my heart from my neighbor's wife. There
0: you go. Oh, boy. Uh, too funny.
2: Yeah, sorry. I feel passionate especially about the EC books because those were, you know, I, I, and I've told this story before. My mom would say when you talk about comics, she would go, wow, those were what we burned in the 50s. And, it's these kind of books that she was burning, and some of the messages in there needed to be heard by people. Exactly. So, and that's why I'm like, I wonder if the subversive, what they considered subversive, was as scary as you know, some rando chopping his wife's head off. And I think it's, that's what gets buried uh, in the in the leads because, oh, you know, is the the famous uh, Kefauver hearing. Uh, and my buddy Chris, by the way, if you ever want to hear a good episode, they did a, that on um, his, a cosmic treadmill, the, the key over hearing where they actually him and Reggie acted it out. But, you know, is this in good taste where uh, the what with the woman's head held up? And he's like, eh, "If bad taste would be if it was held up higher and you could see the blood dripping." Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I th- I think that gets you. They 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 hooked onto that gore, but by doing that, they were able to bury all the rest of the great stuff that EC was doing. I think that's perfectly said. Yeah.
0: That that's that's exactly yeah. It. They they were able to use that as the as. Uh, an easy mechanism to convince people that wouldn't know anything one way or the other. Right. These should be, be gotten rid of.
2: Yeah. And and thank God for mad. Cause otherwise they would have completely went out of business. Yeah. yeah a lot yeah. of
1: these jackasses though, try to ban stuff like mouse and stuff like that. And yeah, it backfires on them because mouse had record sales. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> let them do, let them do what they want to do and they'll get sold. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh, Rob! I stole a bunch of your time. No, you got a good book.
0: You know what? That's absolutely fine. We're
2: I'll be
1: because, I'll I, because I, you started to mention like the forwards and stuff, like which I is really, really like which is really behind really the scenes. Not yeah. Cover and stuff, so. yeah. yeah, that's really good.
0: Yeah, that was that's why I like the
1: podcast.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll cover one, um, and uh, let me get back to it i don't know how to do this i'm using marvel unlimited i don't want to get back to one that i already read
1: you either you you either follow it and then go to that title or
2: okay. sometimes if you've got a an issue of it pulled up you can go to ish, issue list or something like that i can't remember the exact phrasing i'm fo- i'm following it because i'll go back i'll go back to okay good thank you mike yeah <clears throat> All
0: right, so I'm going to cover it's a it's a Marvel comic, um, obviously, as I was just telling you. Um, so it's uh, Frankenstein, the Monster of Frankenstein number one.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, I read um, this
1: recently too. For
0: did the you second really? Second time, yeah. Which yeah, one? Which, which one?
1: The Monster Frankenstein, because it changed the Monster titles.
0: Monster Frankenstein. Um, it's uh, I don't know what year it is, and it's it's the 70s. It's, yeah, got it's a, a couple... this
1: is a cool time because this is when you had the monster Frankenstein, werewolf by night, Liv- Tomb of Tomb Dracula, Dracula the Living Mummy.
0: I mean, I looked for a Living. I wanted to read that because you keep posting Living Mummy. <laughs> he does. I don't see it on the um, on the app. So. Yeah,
1: you won't see it on the app probably until they collect it. But yeah, it's a it's so a I cool series. You yeah. couldn't
2: have picked a better one for me, Rob, because I literally was able to reach out with my left hand and pull the Monster Frankenstein uh essential straight off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, know they
1: had an essential of that one.
2: Yeah, the one volume.
0: That that's awesome that you that you have these. I, I, I think that's just so cool that you have like a
2: so much of the bronze age stuff. Almost that you a get, complete yeah. collection at this point. Yeah. So close. That's awesome.
1: Just that um, material alone could keep you busy the rest of your life. I, I that's it, all I'm it really could. That that's all I'm saying is you could become yeah. like a massive expert and <laughs> so and so much. Yeah. That's what I was saying yeah. like if I just read my epic collections man I'll <laughs> last me the rest of my life.
3: No, you're not
0: wrong. <laughs> um so yeah, so I'll I'll go through this quickly but um basically that's it's Sutton um Uh, It's set in 1898, and we see uh, this guy named uh, Robert Walton IV, and he's up in the Arctic with with a crew, and he's there specifically to look for um, Frankenstein's monster. And uh, so he's – they they finally, after a lot of climbing, a lot of digging and stuff, they finally have found him uh, enclosed in ice. Um, making the rest of this crew very um, nervous. They're very superstitious. Um, they're on the edge of, of mutiny for a large period of time, except for um, kind of like his, his right-hand man, um, uh, whose name is Kalut, and he's, a, um, he's an Eskimo. Probably not supposed to say that either, but um, uh, I said it, so. Um.
2: <laughs> That's probably what the book
0: said. It, well, definitely what the book said. <laughs> what are you supposed to say inuit thank you, okay, so uh yeah, so he's like his right hand man and and he's um you know he's got his back, but other than that it looks like a lot of these characters are pretty shady um but anyhow he they take a break um at one point, getting it back to the um uh, getting it back to <clears throat> the boat uh that is you know they have to they have to kind of sled across um, a long amount of ice before they get back to their, their actual boat, their ship. And, um, in the night, uh, it's kind of I I don't know if it was, it's not an avalanche, but basically like the ice started to crack for some reason, um, right near their camp. And, uh, it ended up, um, killing a huge amount of the crew. Uh, either they were, um, fought, they fell into the pit or, uh, ice, uh, uh, crushed them but um the uh is uh, remained alive so did the um sort of the main guy uh, robert walton um and uh they kind of come to and they see some of the crew that survived kind of trying to um crack open the the, the ice that the, is surrounding the, the monster because they think that this whole happened, this whole thing happened because of they're bringing this back and they want to like destroy it. Um, so they (laughs) managed They have to shoot and kill a couple of the crew, but they managed to get, um, to get that stopped. And eventually, um, the mutiny's quelled and, uh, they get the rest of the crew to, to get the, um, the big block of ice back onto the boat. Um, so they, they lug it on board. Again, the crew's very unhappy about this. Um, now the the cabin boy is is there and he starts chatting. he brings the um the captain uh some something to drink and uh the captain figures you know what I'll take this opportunity to kind of rest and and tell the story cuz the the boy doesn't know who who this is on this ice so I'll tell the story about um Victor Frankenstein and and now we got like a very most of the rest of the issue is the flashback of uh Victor Frankenstein going um, back about 100 years, and he's going to university. And just how he's um, working at the university nonstop to to learn. And eventually, he feels like he's surpassed his, his teachers. And when they actually get to um, the dissection of human cadavers, um, he ends up hardly even ever going to class and pretty much almost drops out of school and and at night he this is where he starts robbing graves and he starts putting um he starts putting pieces together and uh, now finally after six months um he has gotten all the pieces he needs and it's not lightning and stuff that he's using but he's using chemicals and injections and stuff like that and he does the last one hoping that this will bring um this creature to life and it takes a, 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 few minutes and nothing happens. And so he's overcome with disappointment and he goes back to his books to try to figure out what could have gone wrong where suddenly the figure rises um, off the table and, and it's alive. Um, now he sees just hatred in these yellow eyes and immediately, um, uh, kind of tells him to stay away and, and keeps walking towards him. So he turns and, and, and runs and, and locks the door behind him. Um, in his bedroom that is and he, he falls asleep and um later that night he, he wakes up from a start and a few seconds later he remembers um you know what he accomplished and he turns and looks and and the frankenstein monster is is there um uh, in his in his bedroom like staring at him he comes start starts moaning and coming at him again and um Victor is just terrified and, and realizes he has to destroy this monster. Uh, he tries hitting them with a chair, the chair crumbles, He tries hitting them with a, a, a candelabra and, uh, he grabs it. The monster grabs it out of his hand and actually starts twisting them, the metal of it as if it was nothing at all. So, um, you've seen in the movies, I'm sure that, you know, he's, he's afraid of fire. He doesn't seem to be very afraid of fire in this, in this telling. Um, so he he runs out into the into the darkness and uh a friend of his ends up finding him nurses him um back to health
3: <clears throat>
0: he they travel back to his home uh his hometown where he's uh, greeted again with um by Elizabeth his um his girlfriend maybe future fiance and um he knows that this monster is still somewhere um out there though and he he gets word that his um that uh, a ward of his father a female ward of his father justine was has been accused of killing um his his brother his, uh, victor's brother and um he begins to suspect that it's actually the monster but um when he, he he starts getting extra information that perhaps that that was um was the case, he realized that in order to really um explain this, he would have to admit creating it and everything else. So he acts ends up actually keeping silent. Um and at one point, you know, he actually is think and so uh anyhow this this war Justine is, is hanged for killing um Victor's brother. And at one point he actually thinks like, okay, so who actually is the killer of um of his brother and Justine? Is it a monster or is it really really him? Because you know it's ultimately he's responsible for the creation and and of not saying anything before justine was hanged um so anyhow he decides to go back to the um to uh to, to climb the mountains and and he goes higher and higher um and he uh ends up uh taking refuge in a cave and sure enough who is following him, but of course the monster. And now the monster is speaking um, actually pretty perfect English. And um, he, he comes at him and says that he must die for his crimes against nature. Now he um, Victor grabs a uh, a part of the firewood and, and uh, starts and shoves it right into the, right into the monster's chest and starts burning a little enough to that he Uh, momentarily distracted and Victor grabs the gun and shoots him and uh, no effect. He's like, first you burn me, then you shoot me. It's like, is there no end to your cruelty? And he uh, grabs Victor and lifts him up into the air. And, uh, he's like, you know, you're going to pay, you're going to pay for, um, with your life. And, um, so, uh, we flash forward again to back on the boat and, uh, of course the cabin boy's entranced by this tale and and uh he says well what what did the creature say then and he's like you know be 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 patient um and, uh, and i'll tell you and then he's interrupted because there's a terrible storm and um the alarm bell's going off there there's they uh they go up and the, the the ship is close to capsizing so they have to cut the sails loose and um it looks as if now whether or not he, he dies i'm not sure but it looks like the, as the captain is um is trying to cut the sails and everything that one of the um huge pieces of the rig lands uh crashes on top of him it looks like he he swept overboard and the whole ship is just rocking back and forth and it uh cuts inside the um the ship and the big block of ice that the frankenstein monster is in is sliding back and forth and keeps getting closer to this um, still-burning oven inside, or stove, I guess. And uh, the last scene is that it's getting closer and closer, and starting to melt. And you see one hand is now free of the ice, and you see it start to move. And um, then it says next, the bride of the monster. So uh, this was a good... uh, I've never read this before. It was a pretty pretty cool uh, 70s Marvel uh, horror tale.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good that you could read all of these
2: now. That you have yeah,
0: very cool. I was excited to see that.
2: Yeah, The artwork is really nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't give any 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 credits, and I, I really should have. Um, let me go back to
2: that. Take I a think look. it's Friedrich and Plugue, right? I think you are right. I'm going to actually just
0: look it up instead of scrolling.
2: Gary Friedrich writer, Mike Plug artist. You are too fast for me. And John, well, I just got to turn the page. John Costanza, right. yeah.
0: See, physical copies win again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Gary Friedrich, Mike Plug. So and he did the cover too, Mike Plug. So uh, yeah, beautiful artwork. Oh.
2: And the, the the cover for that next one is a butte of him uh, carrying the bride, uh, all wrapped it? up.
0: Yeah, that, that is gorgeous.
2: Great.
0: Yeah. <coughs> so I only own like. Two copies of this four and six. The only thing that I uh, I've just picked up along the way at flea markets. But um yeah, looks it, it's 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 awesome and um and this was a lot of fun to read. I
1: have a full run of this. There, there there's a time when I was buying all the monster stuff. The only thing I'm weak in is Tomba Dracula, which was the. the oh, po- well, yeah, yeah, the more popular. Uh, of of all the series, so yeah, <laughs> it'll sure. be a uh, hard hard to uh, get that in my collection. But um, my next one is gonna be Superman 123. Uh, hmm. This is a, a a proto Supergirl prototype. They even do it like Spider-Man. They do Super Dash Girl. It's <laughs> not not like Supergirl. Um, credits on this, they don't give them in the book, but my database says auto Binder Henry baldinoff jack schiff and then for artists it has dick sprang henry baldinoff and lou cameron with cover art by uh kurt swan this is uh it's not a cheap book but uh
0: it's a What uh, is one thousand three hundred dollars
1: well it got really pop it went up in price too in fair- all fairness because supergirl was announced as being a. Uh, uh, a character that uh, they're gonna start doing cinematically.
0: Did she... you did you pay one thousand three hundred dollars for your copy?
1: No, no, no. I I spent uh I think it was a couple hundred dollars on my copy. Okay. So um, this is from this is from nineteen fifty eight. Uh, it it's it's a really nice looking copy. It's complete. It Does have a tear in the the cover a little bit, and it has some chipping. But other than that, it's a pretty pretty nice uh I wanted to point out to uh to Rob because he has the same database as me. If if you highlight an issue and then you go to items and you say grade item, it'll actually grade the it gives you like drop down fields and you can start filling these drop downs in and it'll oh, grade, I see that. it'll grade that comic and then if you check the box in the lower left hand corner it will copy all of those notes into the uh notes section. So let's oh let just God. if you ever decided to start selling on Atomic Avenue because we're tied into it, yep. you could have the notes on there, which is great. So they would see like, oh cat's chipping, it has the soiling and that kind of stuff, you know.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh it, it's pretty nice. And then it, it actually takes that and applies it to the issue that you're that you're uh
0: entering in. Well, I I think from now on when I when I enter old issues in here, I'll I'll do this to to Yeah. Have it you, you, might, to you might you might have
1: to if, if if you're not familiar with some of the terminology, you might have to have a grading guide with you to see yeah. what that terminology is. There, there there was a there was two or three dr- drop-downs that were a little obfuscated to me, like a little confusing, so I probably have to go back to my grading guide to figure out what they really meant. And I, I yeah. couldn't feel, I couldn't figure out like, like I had on one issue, I had like a water stain on it and I couldn't, it has staining, but it doesn't have like a water stain. Like water I it had stain. a water stain on the cover where it's sort of warped. You know how you could see yeah. that wave. yeah, I didn't know how to fit that in, in this grading guide, but that's just a side. Um, this comic that's book. That's
0: pretty cool though, Mike.
1: Yeah, this comic book is, They there's bad weather and it's causing all kinds of havoc. And there's an archaeologist that's uh, stuck in a cave. And Superman goes out there and Lois follows. Lois de- <laughs> decides to jump out of a helicopter with a parachute. And guess what? The parachute doesn't work. Well, Well, oh, no. thank God Superman's there to save her, right? Or she would have fell to her death. <laughs> <laughs> and then Superman goes with Jimmy into the the cave that collapsed, finds the archaeologist and and he actually says, "Here's your souvenir." An ancient totem inscription reads, "Once every century the magic totem grants three wishes when the jewel is rubbed under full moon." Pure superstition, of course. Well, he he sees Lois and uh and Superman and, you know, Lois wants to marry Superman. And uh in his ultimate wisdom decides to make one of his wishes I want a companion for Superman that can be with Superman, that's like Superman, that has all of his powers. And hence Supergirl gets there. But when they're together, it's like a disaster. Like they can't work together on anything and
0: Well they find, find... out they're first cousins.
1: <laughs> well they can unfortunately <laughs> not. And this one they're <laughs> hugging they're hugging each other and seen romantically and Lois is oh, no. Lois Lois is suffering for that. She says, What chance have I anymore with Supergirl? A round they'll fall in love and get married choke. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's there's an undue button on that, that staff and she says, Huh, I can rub the jewel and wish Supergirl to vanish, saving Superman for myself but Superman won't have me anyway. It would be mean to take Supergirl away from him. She'll make Superman happy, sob, so she doesn't rub it.
3: Mm.
1: And uh, the this just keeps on going until there's these these crooks that decide to get Kryptonite involved, and uh, Supergirl ends up making an uh, ultimate sacrifice for Superman. Um, she she absorbs all the Kryptonite. And ends up suffering like she's gonna die so she she convinces uh, Jimmy as she carries the kryptonite away from from Superman because these criminals are dropping Superman's trying to stop a train from from crashing into the water so he's holding up the train tracks so the train can go over it these criminals are in a biplane and they drop some kryptonite on Superman and Superman Supergirl catches it to to fly it away and she gets so, ra- you know, so much radiation from the kryptonite that she's suffering dramatically. And mm. she says, Jimmy, you can save me by rubbing that totem and unwishing me away. So he un- unwishes him away. And so, so Supergirl goes away. And now Lois is like, well, I, I want to marry Superman. But, and he still has the totem. He has three wishes. Well, they decide to publish an article how Jimmy Olsen conjured up Supergirl with a magic totem, <laughs> and they printed on the front page of the Daily Planet. So what? these criminals, these criminals that uh, see that that article in the Daily Planet, are like, oh, "Oh crap! I I could steal this totem and wish away Superman's powers." So the second story deals with uh, them stealing the totem from Jimmy Olsen and taking one of the wishes. And saying, I wish Superman loses his powers. And he really loses his powers. Like he's in the hot shower and he's like, my skin seems on fire. (laughs) But I used to be able to dive into molten lava. And now I'm burning in the hot shower. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's lifting weights and he tries to fly out the building. And he steps on attack and everything just, just gets horribly bad for him. And then these criminals are like, I think it might have worked, but we got to do some testing. Well, Superman that same day, <laughs> he has a test with the Pistol Club. Like, he, there's this is like a gun shooter, shooting thing area where, where these guys come up and test their pistols. And Superman's supposed to show up that day and take and all these pistols <laughs> to say it tickles. <laughs> but, but he doesn't have any powers. So they're like, what the hell are they going to divert this? Oh, no. So Jimmy has to like, he's like, Jimmy, you got to help me out with this. we got to make him think that this really, that, that this didn't work. So Jimmy gets this huge <laughs> magnet, like that's going to work, right? <laughs> they shoot the bullets and it looks like, oh, they didn't even hit Superman. They even make him take off his shirt to make sure there's no bulletproof vest underneath.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because the the gangsters that try to drop the kryptonite on him, they're they're smart, right? They're like, they see Jimmy hopping the fence with a bulletproof vest and they take away the bulletproof vest from him (laughs) and they say, we want him to take off his shirt. So he's sitting there bare chested and this huge magnet diverts the bullets. And they're like, maybe this, this shit didn't work. We need to test it to make sure he can, he can fly. And then so, so, uh, he's supposed to fly like a flag in a parade and, uh, they're like, is he really flying? Well, (laughs) He's not really flying. Jimmy has this pole. I don't even ha- know how he can support the body weight of Superman on this pole. It's like an invisible pole and he's holding it outside of a, a like a hotel room and he's just like he's like planking on this pole. <laughs> be a short parade
2: route too. Yeah, it? it's like
1: the whole body weight of this guy would come crashing down but it doesn't. And then there's this gig where Superman has to come and like do all this math in his head with his super memory and Jimmy's giving him the answers. And so he's like radioing in the answers. It it, it was just ridiculously fun.
2: And, uh, later like, on, Alexa, la- what is 33 times 44? <laughs> <laughs>
1: These are crazy. And then the Superman comes in and he's, he's got the kryptonite and he's like juggling it around and, oh maybe, he he flies into the window and he tricks them. And they say, oh, balls of fire. He's immune to kryptonite now. So they take <laughs> away the kryptonite. And then Jimmy got the totem back because they've followed the criminals back. And he hits that little button, which undoes undo- the thing so he no longer has the powers. He really just jumped in the window from the, the staircase because he had no powers. And then because he has no powers, he can touch the kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> so it did it was it was a crazy uh a crazy issue then there's an ad for wanted a pal and it, it's it's sponsored by a public service from the national social welfare assembly which which talks to you about how to create friends there you go and then you get hmm. a, a gag bag of jokes that weren't really funny <laughs> but then <laughs> uh you get the third story so there's a the third wish <laughs> this one has got to be the best so, so so, Jimmy's like, fuck, I only got one wish. I lost one wish to this. He's like, damn it. I wanted to help my my pal, you know, give him a good wish. I try to give him a woman. They steal it, the second wish. And now I have a third wish, and I can't think of what to do. And Superman says, man, I really wish I knew my parents. So so, I don't know why he typed his wish instead of just wishing it. But <laughs> he, he types his wish, and he says, I want Superman to meet his parents. So he's like back on kryptonite. But guess what Jimmy typed? I wish for Superman to mate his parents on Krypton. What? M A T E mate. mate. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I mean <laughs> when you read that the first time it's like, what is he gonna fuck his parents? What what is, <laughs> what, what is, he, gonna, what is he gonna do? He's mate his parents? But but he shows up back in time when his when his mother and dad were actually gonna mate. So he gets to meet him before he's actually born. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, I was like, I was like rolling on the couch. Just,
3: I, I was God, dreaming. He out wants the to made
1: his parents. And he's like, oh man. But it, it ended up working out because Superman got to meet his parents after all before they had sex. <laughs> 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 and then he gets back and Jimmy's like, man, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I accidentally wrote, mate instead of meat. <laughs> and Superman's oh. like, well, well, shit, that actually worked out.
2: But... Yeah,
3: you have
1: to meet him. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> mate his parents. I'm like, what the heck? But th- this comic Talk book... Talk about changing like... the timeline. <laughs> right. comic book like, rocked. I wanted it so much more. And I said, man, these guys really wrote this as a fun comic. Like (laughs) I I would have had a blast writing this as an adult. You know what I
0: mean? That's fantastic. It was
1: so good. I absolutely loved it. And I'm I'm glad that I like read it. Like I it could have fallen in a box. Like this is one of expensive books. I don't wanna touch it, but I I read it and it was god i'm gonna remember this story the rest of my life that and the, that and the bizarro story like they're so good that oh they'll just god. stick out in my head
2: yeah <laughs> well i was tempted to follow up with the uh, superman but that one's i don't want to do that now i'm sorry no it was a good one but it was nowhere near that good so <laughs> um so i'll go with the other kind of interesting pick um this will be the non-Marvel DC day from Joe. Uh, y'all remember pilot season? It was something that Top Cow used to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it was yeah. the one you got to pick your,
2: pick yeah, your and So this year is the 2008 one. Uh, this is pilot season Twilight Guardian by Troy Hickman. Have y'all ever read any of the Twilight Guardian? It was this issue and then I think a, a mini
1: i did read it i don't remember it
2: okay cool so um basically Uh, i I didn't read it it's it's good stuff so uh i'm gonna i'm taking off the glasses because i'm gonna have to read some of this because it's it's a it's a fun little weird book so i'm gonna my son was asking me we watched ant-man quantum mania he goes uh did he sit and read that entire book to the Barnes and Noble? I was like, no, that's not really how it works. When you get, like, when somebody reads a book at Barnes and Noble, they usually have, like, selected pieces, because otherwise they'd be there for, like, 20 hours. So <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I'm going to do here. I'm going to just straight up read it, because the way this book is written, you have two things. So she's a big comic fan, and she's a vigilante in her neighborhood. So everything is pretty much her uh, journal, or it's, like, A comic that she's reading. So I'll read a little bit of the journal. So on the first page she goes, I am the Twilight Guardian. Every night I patrol a nine block area between Sandusky Avenue and Aurora Drive. If you belong to the forces of injustice, don't bring your evil ways here. Not on my watch. And so it shows her getting prepped for going out. And one thing she always does before she uh goes out on one of her jaunts around the neighborhood to make sure nobody's up to no good is she reads a comic. She says, the last thing I do is read a comic. I have 22,000 comic books, and each night I read one for inspiration before I go on patrol. I tend to avoid the newer ones, though the artwork is nice. The heroes don't always don't always win. Don't creators care about realism anymore? Mm. Tonight I chose Bafo Comics 23 from April 1943. It's one of my oldest. And it's basically like this kind of a Captain America looking guy meets Superman fighting this Nazi lady. So she gets dressed up to go out. She hits the street at 12 a.m. I blended the shadows, becoming one with the night. 1217, note to myself, work on something to prevent constantly walking into spider webs. 132, I walk past Mrs. Jensen's house. She leaves her Christmas tree up all year, which has led to much speculation around the area. Some say she, it's because she lost her son in Vietnam on December 25th. Others say it has to do with satanic rituals. Once, while I was undercover in my civilian occupation, she told me it was just to scare away mischievous kids. One has to admire such preventative crime-fighting. four ahead of me, I see a car parked in a cul-de-sac. Its motor is running, but the lights are off. I try to get closer. It's possible they're casing Mr. Finster's house. He's the old man I once caught urinating in his neighbor's roses. He tried to feed me a story about lime content, but I know floral. <laughs> she's she's walking around the neighborhood at like midnight and she catches some dude peeing on somebody's roses. <laughs> so anyway, lime
1: content. Du- it's <laughs> right. really these flowers are gonna grow.
2: <laughs> so, then, so then the car drives off. At 315, I hear the noise of a ball hitting pavement. I find a young man I don't recognize playing basketball. As he shoots, I hear him say, if I make this one, it means she'll come back to me. It's a line he repeats over and over again, each time failing to make the shot. I watch him continue this behavior for 90 minutes. I believe he is obsessed. And uh, then she runs into a black cat. She hits the donut hut, and uh, there's a policeman outside. 5.15, I pass donut hut, which is usual as usual is all full of policemen, truck drivers, and shift workers. Once when a, police, a policeman asked me, after questioning during my parole, a frequent event until they got to know me, he suggested I might have a jelly filled with him inside, but I wanted no part of it. Nothing good ever comes out of such places. And so it's just like the the entire book. And she reads another comic. It's called uh, The Amazing Squad. And it's it, it's pretty funny. It's, it's supposed to be from the 1964. And it's got a picture of this uh, gal doing acrobats against this kind of hippie looking wizard. Your useless acrobatics won't help you, Thumbelina. Nothing can stop the mind working mind warping wa- powers of Abdullah oblongata. And this beatnik looking dude who's on fire flies by uh, by and goes, Cool it daddy o nobody goes <laughs> weird on my pussy cat. Uh, your girl heatnik and this is obviously like supposed to be like the thing. Not while I'm around, right, Sally? And he punches like the hippie guy. And the the girl goes, poor Hank. How do I tell him I can't love him anymore? Ever since he became rampaging rage in a rock. So yeah, it's like a spoof of like the Fantastic Four in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just she has these a name kind of walks through the neighborhood. Uh, she'll have like, okay, so here's one, three nineteen. I stop on the library steps and eat the peanut butter and bologna sandwich I, pra- I packed. So, yeah, peanut butter on bologna. It's disgusting. It's both delicious and protein-rich. I would recommend it to all Sentinels of justice. 323. I pause in my repast to help a middle-aged woman with a flat tire. She offers me Tupperware and martial aid, marital aid she sells door-to-door. So this he's, like, trying to give her a dildo and a Tupperware uh, after she helped her change her tire. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Yeah, it's just like this. There's another. Okay, here's another weird one. I notice a small area at the edge of Mr. McKenzie's backyard. I can't be sure, but there's numerous slimy tracks. It seems to indicate he's been conducting snail races. While there's no <laughs> currently laws against such things as a snail race in our county, I'll have to keep an eye out for any illegal gambling illegal gambling that may result. And she reads one more uh, story that's obviously a spoof of Spider-Man. Uh, it's called uh, The Marvelous Mantelope. He's fighting the jackal, and the jackal throws a billy club at the mantelope, and it misses him and kills a blonde uh, young lady named Gale. So that's obviously supposed to be Spidey. And then her last jaunt, she says, 12, 17 a.m. As it happened every night since I began by patrols, I see an elderly woman in a yellow house watching War of the Gargantuas. You ever seen that one? I have. I don't think so. It's uh, by Toho Studios the people who did Godzilla. It's basically two giant Sasquatch-type creatures fighting. Mm-hmm. They're twins. I'm uncertain whether the film has some special significance to her or if it's the only one she has on DVD. So this lady watches gigantic Sasquatches beating each other up every night of every day of every year. It's so weird. <laughs> but lastly, she sees a car. She's She's worried about what's going on with it. Inside, I see two figures. I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. I see it's, oh, two teenagers in a romantic interlude. I should probably give them a lecture on public displays of affection, but I'll allow them their moment, their chances to share the last vestige of night and of each other. There's one thing I know. It's that where there's no love, there's no justice. The end. Really? So, yeah, it's just a weird little book, and they made a miniseries out of it. So you have these pastiches to famous comics, and her on this these weird patrols where people are pissing on flowers and handing out dildos and shooting baskets. It's it's a weird little book. It's fun. That,
0: that is pretty weird.
2: Yeah. Troy <laughs> But it got picked, you know. It won, yeah. it won it won its season. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for Before some reason. I, I, ha-
2: the... I, I have
1: this and the mini, but I missing one issue in the mini which is very odd and I I was able to pull up my DCBS order and it was one of those things I forgot to to place. And I noticed I think... when I was when I was merging comics I hadn't read yesterday that mm-hmm. I I did the same thing with AWA like I missed the AWA books.
2: Oh yeah. Like when you're doing your order. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um I used to have that happen a lot with uh, when there would be because I switched over, for the most part, as you guys know, to my comic shop. If I wasn't careful, I would accidentally, on double-shipped books, I would, miss, I would miss an issue. and would be like, what the bleep happened? And it'd be like the month that there was two Fantastic Fours or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I would just look at the title and I wouldn't pay close enough attention to the numbers. So, But I think I've done that on DCBS orders, too. It's easy to do when you're only looking for, like, I need to make sure I get Fantastic Four and you, you don't get both of them.
1: But, yeah. I sometimes forget to hit a publisher, I guess, and I don't use their pull feature, because yeah, see, I've I been do, right? I have been burned before doing that. Like, you know so. what the
0: thing with the pull features, um, Mike, you you wouldn't know this because you're you're not using it, but ever since DC went to lunar, yeah, it 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 relies on the diamond numbers, yeah, oh. list to work. So if you had like like Batman, Superman, like anything that the title stayed the same over the course of all this time it still will pull them for me but i can't create new ones so like drake robin came out you can't create it it it, it won't find it as a title because that wow yeah so so like when something
2: got relaunched like green arrow would it work as long as you never deleted green
0: arrow off your pull list got it so like if green arrow stopped Mm i'm i I think I like okay. There's no more. I cleaned up my pull list. I got rid of it, so I can't re-edit. But if you you should, you should, you should
1: uh, send them a note. That's like oh, I did. That's derogatory.
0: That there's nothing they can do about it. That's that sucks. Yeah, that's loss of
1: that's loss of potential business. Like, Mm -hmm.
0: uh, yeah, I think that they would have to create their whole, you know, whole set. Program to, i don't to understand do it. why it wouldn't like it, if you cancel why.
1: robin why it would affect Tim Drake robin I don't get it,
0: no, that's, it weird. that's a that's yeah.
1: a brand new title
0: right i don't know i, I don't know that's weird, that, that's a weird to, like as a
1: programmer that's a weird pro like programmatic flaw like <laughs> I don't understand
0: should, it you should, you should give him a call call christina and maybe <laughs> offer your services
1: because <laughs> everything is database driven so I would that's so weird
0: yeah yeah so there's a handful like you know flash wonder woman action detective batman superman that i you know that oh catwoman that auto pull nightwing um from prior to lunar but anything else if i deleted them like green lantern i don't think there was one called green lantern right it was like hell jordan green and the green lantern Corps and green lanterns Uh, yeah um so Green Lantern, i just have to make sure i manually grab
2: because
0: yeah. it's, not, it's not that's why up.
1: that's why i don't use that feature but it leads me to have problems like i just mentioned
0: i mean and you're getting a lot too so it, it it's yeah you know it, it's tough you have to be very um careful no matter which way you, you do it really
2: yeah so For funny me, thing Funny thing on that you said you were missing one uh, issue of Twilight Guardian. It looks like I had done the same. I looked at it on my CLZ because all of them except for issue three I had bought from DCBS. And that one I bought at Mile High. So that means I bought it when I was actually in Denver. That's
1: that's weird because I'm missing issue three.
2: (laughs) Maybe they got shorted. I wonder, because, yeah. Or maybe I,
1: something I, weird happened.
2: I, well, could, yeah, or a late solicit or something. Who knows? It could have been yeah, a late that,
1: solicit, because if they were shorted, then I'd have one of those white circles with an X in it Yeah, in true. my search, yeah.
2: True, yeah. Yeah, because cause that happened to me, too. I was looking at my my orders, and it was DCBS, DCBS, My Comic Shop, DCBS. So that I mean, not My Comic Shop, uh, multi, a Mile High, so that means I bought it when I was in Denver on a trip. Yeah. Do either of you guys get those
0: Year Zeros from AWA? Yeah. heavy cl- thing.
1: Yeah, there was one Mike, that you- they canceled.
0: Okay, me too. Yeah, it yeah. was the last issue of of Year Zero, Volume Zero, the the pre the prequel thing. What yeah.
1: did it say? I- Shorted? I can't remember. Yeah, they,
0: they, they, yeah, they never got them, and then so then they tried to reorder, you know, get a new yeah. order, and they just couldn't get them. So I ended up having to. I actually found. Someone on eBay because for some reason I missed an issue of Wonder. I, I didn't miss ordering it, but I cannot find an issue of Wonder Woman. It ah. says that I ordered it, says I shipped it. It was shipped. I don't remember ever getting it. I definitely didn't read it. But anyhow, the same seller had had both of those issues, so I just ended up getting them on eBay.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like they're all in stock at my comic shop.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of going there, but. I, I'm like, let me look at eBay, see if I could. Yeah. And they they had like slightly reduced prices on, on eBay and then one shipper. So it was like $4 shipping.
2: So I was able to save a little bit of money. I've got a question for you about eBay. So I had ordered, you know, four trades at eBay. And while I was doing it, I happened to run across some caliber books and I just hit watch because it seemed like a good price. Have you ever had a seller send you a message saying, hey, oh, yeah. I'll sell these to you cheaper? Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's pretty common. It yeah. seems like, yeah. yeah. It actually works like out
1: pretty good because there there's things i watched, but I wasn't willing to spend it like a lot right. on it. So I right. was like, oh, I'm going to watch it just so I remember I want right. this book, right? Yeah. And then they come down in price and I'm like, Huh, I think I will get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got an offer for a set of caliber uh, books the other day, and I was like, eh, that's cheap enough. I'll go ahead and do it, because I think yeah. it ended up being well under a buck an issue even after shipping. So Wow, yeah. yeah. They, they probably
0: have them sitting there, and like nobody's pulled the trigger, and they're like, oh, somebody new is watching it. Let me try to get rid of this. There you go. I don't blame yeah. them. It's good business. Yeah, it's good. I wanted to ask you guys, this isn't retro, but did you guys watch The Black Phone? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I saw it in the I, theater. I watched it last night. So good. Oh my god. And I, I posted <laughs> this I, I put you saw it Joe that I posted on on, yep. on Twitter. But seriously, like even even like I watched the night before, I watched like um old seventies Mexican thriller. And even though it was good, like I'll still find myself like nodding off, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I better turn this off. I'll watch the rest tomorrow. No, not black I, I was I must I was must have been pumped with like adrenaline because I wasn't the least bit sleepy. I was like at the edge of my seat, that entire, that entire oh, yeah. thing. You just want to know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, and they you the... he's going to survive. Like how, like what's going to, you know, like how is he going to be helped and stuff? I remember reading the short story and like, wow, this was, this was really a good, you know, adaptation.
2: I, I like it a lot. Cause yeah, same thing. I read or the adaptation. story and they really did a good job fleshing it out. And, Making it, they made it more meaningful the way they did it as a film
1: yeah the the beginning of that movie freaked me out because I had a thing happen to me with with a guy in a pickup truck trying to pick me up with a a stocking over his face That's not when when, scary I, when, shit, when, I, when I was in uh, elementary school, so like seeing that was kind of freaky, you know, like I can just, imagine. You know?
0: Yeah, but they—you know what—they did a good job in the movie. Is they spent time developing that that boy and First, you know, like yeah. his sister and, and his family, and like they didn't. I really kind of in the back of my head thought, like ten minutes in, he was going to get captured, right. and it, and it wasn't. They spent time with him. You really really cared about him as a character because you got to know him and his family. For a good, probably half an hour, wouldn't you say? It oh, was, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it was really, really well done.
1: I can't remember yeah. who the, what the motivation of that guy that was capturing the kids was. was, what, was just, what, what, what was his deal? Was he just a nut? I think it was just crazy. Yeah, he was just it, it he was just really he had a problem.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because like his mask. brother comes to live with him, and then he gets really pissed because he's like, "You made me kill my brother," and yeah, yeah he. I'm like, sane people don't do that. You know, they're yeah. not going to find, they'll find any reason to not kill their brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but he would essentially kill these kids because they would escape. Yeah. Right. Or
0: right. He was waiting for them to like come upstairs. To Cause the
2: whole thing their, was their like, way. as long as they were good, he wouldn't do anything, but he said they all are naughty eventually and yep. naughty is trying to get out. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that it. it was the Silence of the Lambs kind of twist where it wasn't the house you thought it was. Yes, that was cool. But yeah. I mean, it really Because it was really like directly was,
0: across the street, right? It was right across the street, yes. Yeah. 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 And it was just such a interesting idea to have that, like these kids that he's already killed are trying to help this boy right. get away, you know?
2: Yeah. It's interesting that Ethan Hawke has kind of become his jam, I think, of late has been horror movies because yeah.
0: you,
2: you got that, you got Purge, you got the one with the snuff movies. What's that one called? I sinister? Get them sinister or Insidious. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, his is. was Sinister. Cause sinister, like, okay. He's a writer of r- true crimes and he finds like the, the snuff films in his house. That is one of the most what, what is movies that movies I think one? I've seen.
1: What is that sinister. one called? Sinister?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Is that- It's really oh my God. good.
0: Joe, that that home footage of the the the, the lawnmower
2: one. The lawnmower was oh, messed god.
0: up. oh my god, it was so messed up.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a good movie.
0: Yeah. Have you seen it, Mike?
1: No, but I was looking at just watch right now to see if it's
2: streaming anywhere. Yeah, you gotta watch. You gotta watch. I can't remember yeah. how we watched it. We may uh, have got it from the library, or we may have streamed it. I can't remember. I very, did watch.
1: I, I did watch Terrifier
0: too. I Never saw Terrifier
2: and Terrifier 2.
1: I don't remember but, if I saw Terrifier or Terrifier 2. Was, which I, one, I which, actually which one the was, first one better. Which one was the one where he was in the laundromat and his, that little creepy girl shows up? And he's sitting there naked washing his clowns. I think that that was the first <laughs> oh, one. Jesus. I want to
0: say that was the first
1: one. Okay. Did you
0: see it for free or did you have to pay a small amount to ride it? No, I saw it for free. Then it's th- probably the first one. The second one has been... It might be free now, but for the longest time you could you had to pay to rent it.
2: Yeah, the first one's on Prime for free. Well, I yeah. think
1: Ter- I think Terrifier two showed up though. Like for I saw Terrifier it two since, and not I, Terrifier. When I watched
0: it. I had to pay like I had to pay like four bucks or something like that.
2: Three or four. Yeah, it says with a subscription you can watch it on Amazon.
0: That's
2: what um,
3: th- that's
1: what I watched it on Amazon Prime.
0: There you go. Mike, you self shutter or no?
1: Oh, wow. So it's on HBO Max. Sinister. I'll watch it.
0: Yeah. Do you not have oh, on Shutter? Cool. I watched it.
1: I don't have Shudder anymore.
0: No, uh, you know I'm going to watch tonight? The 2023 what? Fangoria Chainsaw Awards exclusively on Shudder. Nice. Oh, yeah. There you go. Best movie? Best wide-release movie? Barbarian, The Black Phone, Nope, Pearl, or Axe. I've now seen all five. Can you say Ooh. all
1: five again? Because I think I've sure. seen all
0: five. Bar- Barbarian, amazing, right? Yeah. The Black Phone we just discussed. Yeah. Nope.
1: Yeah. Yep. That,
0: that was a great one. Pearl. Yep. Yeah. And X.
1: Oh, I haven't My seen. My favorite's
0: probably
2: X. Uh, yeah, mine seen... is X too.
1: I haven't seen Pearl yet, so I can't. Pearl's good. I couldn't rate that, but I've seen all of the others. My favorite was Barbarian.
0: Barbarian is amazing. Yeah. Um... I love I love if, if Barbarian. I, I, I love for Axe, but Barbarian would probably be my second choice. That's the only one I have not seen. Barbarian oh, gotta, is if you, like if you have HBO it's on that.
1: It's okay. not it's nothing like I thought it would be. Like it's one Me of those neither. things that like it, it just gets crazy. I just
0: That's why I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it well, was like, "Oh my god, I see what type of movie this is." Well, oh, I couldn't oh, have, I couldn't <laughs> have
1: pre- I couldn't have predicted what it was, after, you know at all, I had a yeah, by the title yeah. or
2: anything.
1: Yeah, so, yeah,
0: Joe, yeah, see that. Is then this... they have a limited release category, in which I've only seen one, and that's Terrifier 2. The limited release best movies are Orphan, First Kill. I don't know, I didn't see that. Resurrection, Something in the Dirt, Terrifier 2, which I've seen, and Mad God. So I've only seen that I've only once. seen Terrifier oh, Earth, like 2.
1: Was Terrifier 2, where they have the battle in the amusement park at the end?
0: I don't recall.
1: Okay. I'm pretty sure I saw 2. Because 2 is where everybody was hyped up for. And I I, I I was sort of disappointed. Like The first half of the movie I liked a lot. And then Mm -hmm. I just thought it got like, it was like too long. Like it just kept on. And I couldn't tell what was real and what.
0: I, I, well, was... I was looking at the at the ratings, and number one is rated a lot lower than number two. But when I I've seen them both now, I like the first one much better.
1: Yeah, I think I saw the second one because the father had died from okay. the first one. So the girl that was in the second one knew about the first, you know, the the killings of the guy before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw the second one, and I I was sort of like. Because of the ratings, I was sort of like disappointed.
0: This this is like my new Oscars, I guess, because I literally <laughs> hadn't seen any of the movies that were best picture for the for the Oscars, and I've seen all the best wide release. Fresh wasn't Fresh the one movie that you recommended to me with Bucky Barnes?
1: Uh, I don't think so. But there's one that's about cannibalism that's really well, what good. What was that one
0: called? It's not Fresh?
1: I I don't remember if it's fresh. I don't I don't Hang remember on, what that one was up. called.
0: Anyhow, that's that's not streaming if it, if it
1: if it has if it has Bucky in it, that's the one that I highly yes, recommend.
2: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it, so it, is, it, it one. is it is really good. Yeah. Speaking of cannibalism, does anybody watch Yellow Jackets?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But, but but don't spoil the one that was on yeah Friday. Okay. I, I okay not that one.
2: It was a good one. I'll shut okay. up. <laughs>
0: Yellow Jack- But Oh, speaking of best series on Fangoria. Okay. Um, Cabinet of Curiosities. I've watched some of those, but not all. That's that. Um, I've
2: seen one. Guillermo
0: del Toro. Yep. Del Toro, yeah. Chuck, the Chucky series, which I have not seen.
2: Me either.
0: Okay. Uh, Stranger Things, which I have seen. Yep. What We Do in the Shadows, which I have seen. Yep. That's, you know, comedy, but it's amazing. And Yellow Jackets. Those are the best series. Yellow Jackets is yeah. phenomenal. Amazing, so, right? First season, especially. Yeah, yeah, me and my friend at work, were we're like, I still love it. Still look forward to watching it. But the first season was absolutely over the top, fantastic.
2: Yeah, the spa th- thing is going on a little bit much for my taste, but whatever. Yeah, it. it I, I don't
0: feel like it's moving. Along I enjoy
2: the flashback the stuff right now more than the modern stuff. Which first season I think I liked. Uh, uh, what's her name Misty so much that I enjoyed the modern stuff almost as much as the flashback stuff Christina Ricci is off, off the chain she's crazy she, she's so good um I
0: yeah I, I just feel like they need to move it along a yeah, little they bit like, like there are some episodes where you could say like you could literally tell somebody like not not saying it's not enjoyable but right. you could skip the the episode and not have missed any progression in the story
2: I I think it's doing that thing that Walking Dead started to do. uh, I think especially season two of Walking Dead
0: where you're just Oh When when Sophia was in the barn the entire. Yeah. You're just
2: like, when are they going to fucking leave the farm? Yeah. When are they going to find this this girl? (laughs) Right. And it just kept going and going and going. So, yeah, this season, I think it's got a little bit of a sophomore slump to it. But it's still good.
0: I'm watching – I don't know if either one of you guys are, but I'm watching From on MGM+. It's got – Harold Perrineau is the main star. He's the, He was the one of the guys in Lost. Yeah. Um, and uh, either one of you watched that at all? From? I haven't. Okay. It, that's really good. It's a very it, – basically, like, they don't know why, but people from all over the countries encounter this – log this tr- down tree in the road, they turn around, they, they pass the, some town, uh, they turn around past the town, they keep going in circles, they find out that they're now stuck in this, in this town, and oh, people sure. have been for several years. It's very Lost-like, but similar to this season of the Yellow Jackets, even more so, I would say, with From is you could literally skip entire episodes and not have missed any type of story progression at all. They really okay. need to start answering some questions. Yeah. Especially with the comparison with lost. If you were a fan of lost, you know that like kind of in the middle there until they got ABC to say, okay, yes, we'll wrap it up after such and such number of se- seasons. Like they were just prolonging, prolonging because they had no idea how long the, the show, was gonna the show run. is gonna last yeah yeah
2: yeah let's introduce the tail wingers or whatever they call right them. i mean oh my god like,
0: yeah and i can't really fault the writers right. or, or the or the producers or whatever because it's like they're not given an
2: end an end point
0: so it's like because you don't you know, have, you to. have to
2: keep telling a story oh speaking of lost have you been watching mrs davis
0: not yet. Is that,
2: I is that I good? I have I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's super freaking weird. It's where the, the nun is, is like uh, basically off to it's fight. On, it's on AI. Peacock. It's on Peacock. Yeah, it's on Peacock. Okay, I'm going to write it's it down. Mrs. Davis? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I never remember her name, but I really like her. She was in Glow. She was in that movie The Hunt. Um, the
0: only person I could think of from Glow, not Allison Brie.
2: No. Um, the one who plays her best friend that like sl- uh, the, the, uh, she slept with the husband of. Oh, and she's in she's in X too. Betty, Betty Gilpin? Betty Gilpin. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I love her. She's great. Have it you does. have she's you seen
1: have you seen Hunt yet, Rob? That is so good. No, I still haven't seen Hunt. <laughs> oh my it's god. Like
2: sitting, it's sitting uh, on my shelf for Kristen to watch with me because I'm oh. like, ooh, you like Betty Gilpin? We need to watch this. No, yeah. it is.
1: I I I love Hunt. That is like one yeah. of the best one of the best like hunt movies
2: <laughs> dude I so another great hunt movie i saw recently this year um uh ready or not with uh the, yeah that's uh, a good one i've seen that one. samara weaving so good
1: it's a game the game family yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. have you seen that one rob no yeah that's ready, another one you, ready or not yeah ready or yeah. not Yeah. samara weaving that that's sure. where i fell in love with her she's she's fabulous mm-hmm. yeah she was in that babysitter movie on Netflix, yep. too. Yeah, Hunt, I love that. I saw that Hunt, is, one.
1: Hunt is the one I want Rob to watch.
2: Yeah. I know. You, mentioned he, you should the watch them back I'm to back. A... back. For Hunt models. and Ready or Not, same night. Okay. <laughs> Double <laughs> you'll be, feature. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be staying awake the whole evening. Well, <laughs> who does she
0: look like? She reminds me of. Somebody. Betty Gilpin? No, Samara Weaving.
2: Tamara? Oh, I don't know. Did you see the newest Scream? No. Dang. Are you a good? scream person or no? Am I a what? A scream person. I am.
1: I like scream, but I, I haven't seen the i fir- I've
0: I've seen the first two or three, but that's oh, okay. that's. I mean, I don't. You know, they're they're good. I I like them, yeah. but I, I I wouldn't say I'm a like. I'm not a rabid fan.
2: I I'm a big fan of the screams. I think they're probably one of my favorite series of the slasher ones. I really I, like the newest one.
0: I I would
1: say you know you posted that the surveys when you were looking at all the sequels and stuff. And yeah, like if it wasn't for the first Friday, the 13th and the first Halloween, I, I, I ranked those like really high because they were Me like, too. they they were just setting the standard. Right. Right. But when I look at the series as a whole, like of all <laughs> of them, I, I, I way approve.
2: Um, I'd rather watch scream. Me too cuz even the worst yeah. one which I think is number 4
1: yeah
2: on the rewatch I passed the initial disappointment of the first, disappointment of seeing it the first time you know cuz you're like oh, it's not as good as the other ones once you get past that and you watch number 4 again it's pretty decent there's nothing wrong with it
0: you know what maybe I'll make that my mission is to to watch. I mean I'm very familiar with the first one and to rewatch like two and just keep going all the way through
2: and the only thing you'll run into, I think, is because it switched from Miramax to Lionsgate. Uh, to now, it's the modern ones are coming out from Paramount. Uh huh. I think two and three are kind of weird how you have to watch them. If you have Paramount, I think you can watch like one, four, five, six. I just don't know where you watch two and three oh, these okay. days. If you oh, That's them. all right.
0: I'll, I mean, I'll I'll find them eventually.
2: Yeah. I ended up. I like them enough that I own all of them at this point. So,
0: you know, I I, you were saying about Mike. You were saying about the Friday the Thirteenth, and I I agree with you. And God bless Nick. I don't know how he was watching some of like those middle. Friday the 13th, like, four times because he kept on listening to the
2: commentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he did. I was like, I watched all of them, too, but, yeah, he watched them multiple times because he would do each commentary track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched all of them, too, but I
0: watched them all yeah. one time. Right. <laughs> just, you know, right. without the commentary. He just kept rewatching with different I, I am not a
1: fan of commentary. I never do it. I, I never I do it.
0: I've tried before. I just, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't have the...
2: I'd rather I just watch, watch I a new inspired, movie. Joe. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather, rather watch just watch a different, a different movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And read an interview. Mm. But I, I do like them sometimes, but I'm never patient enough to sit through the entire thing. What I will do if it gets to, if I'm on a rewatch and it's a scene I'm interested in what Wes Craven has to say, mm-hmm. I'll just switch to the commentary track for that scene and yeah, then that I'll makes switch sense. back. Yeah. But,
0: you know, to, like you were kind of saying, what I would what I prefer is to watch the movie. And then as a special features, they have like a 20 minute like making of or interview with the director or whatever. And then I feel like I get the highlights from 20 minutes rather than watching uh, another, you know, the movie, uh, you know, an hour and 40 minute movie again, you know, with nothing but commentary.
2: I have uh, gotten all the doctor who sets. And I, I think the only other fan of doctor who was Chris, maybe, but, um, they have so many extras on there what i'll do is i'll dip into each extra for a pinch and then i dip out because i don't want to commit you know, you're you already watching like a season's worth of episodes <laughs> i don't want to commit an extra you know six hours of extra footage to like an hour and a half worth of a show because that seems crazy to me yeah, so what i'll do i'll dip my toe in watch a little bit of each one and then i dip out Nick, yeah.
1: Nick, Nick really cares about the creators, though. Like, Nick. He really like, loves it He, 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 re- he, loves that stuff. And I, yeah. like, he always asks, what extra features? And it's like, you're asking the wrong guy, because I don't care about the extra features. If, I, if, I if anything, it, I'll.
2: but not a, as
1: much
0: as he does. Well, I'd rather yeah, watch, I'd rather watch true, a new, not, mo- not I'd rather watch
1: a new movie. Like, a new, a new thing.
0: Yeah, I. I'll watch all special features. Like if something's on the DVDs, I'll go through all the special features, and then once that's complete, then I'll put it on my shelf. as, okay. I've I've watched the I've thing. I've watched
2: this. Sure. But the
0: commentaries—that's the one thing that I don't.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, don't watch, watch. I don't watch the commentaries yeah. at all. Yeah, but I, I will I watch, watch the like uh, yeah. the films that made us—a documentary about the making of the movie.
2: I like well, that. Those are so entertaining, Mike. Well, I I <laughs> love
1: I love those. <laughs> My I favorite so. is
2: if you get, like, uh, the. I have the cheap Friday the 13th box set. I like the one documentary that'll, like, cover it, the whole series. Like that Hammer Films box set that me yeah. and you have, Rob. I yeah. love that documentary on it. It's, like, the only special feature, but it's really good. It sums up Hammer, during that phase, what they right. were doing. Right. You know? And that's the kind of st- – I really like that kind of, uh, like, well-made documentary uh, about – the, the series, I like those kind of things because my time's limited. I, I'm already not reading and, and watching as much stuff as I want, you know. Right. You know, I've really stalled on that on that box set because
0: I'm I'm down to like the last maybe four or so movies on there, yeah. and they're ones that I'm just not interested in seeing. <laughs> it's like the next one's like the Adventures of Robin Hood or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, like I want, I want more of the thrill, more of the thrillers that they that they did because that's where I was, like, oh my god, these are great! Like one after the other, I'm like, these are so good, and then it like kind of shifted to the action adventure, and the ones that I've watched so far, I haven't really loved, so I'm really not, I don't have any desire to to finish it off.
2: Yeah, and that's I like all the that's left. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, what somebody asked me the other day on Twitter, I think they were trying to be funny. Uh, like, are, is Junkyard Joe based on you? And I started thinking about it, and I was like, man, of all the, like, super characteristics, if you could have any superpower, the ability, like, a robot would have to never turn off and be able to, like, read all night long or, like, <laughs> watch movies all night long, like I'd take it. Yeah, I'd be Junkyard Joe. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just sit in the sit in your room and read all day, and then go to work, and then you can come home and read all night. You know? well, but Mike, ima- Mike ima- imagine to a person who can practically do that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: that's true. Three, I'm she so goes, she jealous of all the stuff she can consume in well, the she time goes, that I need to go to sleep.
1: <laughs> she only sleeps from like 3 a.m. to to 6.30. That's like It's
2: crazy to me. Like, think of all the stuff I could do. I know. And oh. I'm, I'm, like, passing out before 10 every night. Me, too.
1: I, I can't imagine if I had that ability. I could read so many comics, and I would be streaming right, all Mike? kinds you of could. shows. So. I get yeah. up
2: early just so I can read a little or watch a little before work. You know, you know what?
1: This writer's strike, I was actually happy. I'm like, I can cap- <laughs> No, – I'm like, bring, bring the writer's strike on because – Cancel all these shows for a little bit so I can catch yeah. up. So I could just, Mike, the, fire, the fire hose is the too fire much. The fire hose, I was just
0: going to say the fire hose.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stop the fire hose for a little bit. And let me absorb a what I love. <laughs> yeah. You're right, though. There's
0: so much of it. Oh, so funny. Well, I mean, I've got another another comic I can cover. But okay. if you guys want to call it an episode, it's up to you. You can. Go. I'll always hear another story, sir. All right. I'll 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 cover I'll try not to to uh go be too long with it but it's uh I I, I definitely had a theme this time cuz um it's Tomb of Dracula number 5. Ah. So I you guys saw I've got to get out watching of, my, to some reach of those. my Tomb of Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching I was been reading some of those so I'm up to number 5 on that. It's pretty uh pretty pretty entertaining. Um This is this a series is, I
1: I don't Own many issues of, but I do have every one of them an omnibus, including the black and white stuff. Yeah.
2: And I was going to say, and this is a series that I think looks gorgeous in the essential format in black. Black and and white.
0: I can imagine.
2: It looks Mm -hmm. really nice.
0: Um, this this issue is by Gardner Fox, and drawn by, and it actually says Eugene Colon. That's right. I don't know why he's using his full name or usually it just says gene but it does say eugene colon in this um in this particular issue um this picks up right after the last issue where um uh so the granddaughter of uh, van helsing um her name's um rachel van helsing uh has met up with frank drake who is uh ostensibly like the main protagonist uh so far in this series he's a ancestor of Vlad uh, dracula um but he um is, is not a vampire. He wants to stop Dracula. One of his previous, um, in the first issue, one of his, um, buddies or at least companions, um, pulled the stake out of, uh, Dracula's uh, skeleton. And that's why Dracula's alive again. But anyhow, um, this picks up right where the other one left off and, um, Rachel Van Helsing's assistant, who is, um, an Indian man named Taj, um, started, uh, wrestling with Dracula in front of this black mirror um, that was in in a house that uh, they had visited and they're both going through the mirror um, as, as if it's um, just made out of mist. Um, And so they both fall into this um, weird barren landscape where there's just all these weird, strange demons and uh, Dracula pushes them off saying, you know, he's, he can't be, defeated by these things and um they start um going around taj and and dracula basically says that's right you can eat him you certainly can't can't defeat me starts knocking them away from him and and taj is being overwhelmed um however as dracula starts looking around he realizes there's nothing around except for these strange um demonic creatures and he um does not know that he'd be able to um, drink the blood from them. So he realizes uh, he only has one food source in this entire land and that's Taj. So um, he quickly knocks all of the creatures off of Taj um, uh, saying that, that he belongs to him. So uh, him and Taj have no choice, but to reluctantly work together. Um, Even Taj is like that. It's either sheer, you know, certain death or, maybe he can find a way oh, you know out from uh, you know out from here and stay alive before dracula actually kills him um so they start um they notice there's like a silvery walkway that the um that these monsters uh don't um don't travel on so they um decide to start going on that to get away um we travel back to the um to the to earth the earth side of the black mirror and um, we, um, are back with Ben Helsing and, um, Frank Drake, and, uh, they realize that they have to find some way, um, to enter because the mirror is not working It worked for Dracula. And there was some sort of incantation that Dracula used and they don't know what it is. So they're like, well, we're going to have to find a way in there, perhaps, um, in this library, in this house, uh, we can, we can find it. And uh, the library or the house rather was um, owned by this this woman who is, who is now dead. Um, however, her butler is is injured but still alive, so they ask for his help, and he says, yes, you know he can he can help you it, it, uh, he can help rather It was some sort of book on witchcraft, and he can recognize it if he, if he sees it. so um, hang on one second. yes yeah, uh-huh. You have fun um and so uh they they go to the library to start looking for this um this book and we go back to um Dracula and Taz and they're uh, making their way and they don't see, they're hoping there's another portal somehow um where they can uh get back to earth and they um end up finding such a portal and they're like well we don't know where it's going to take us but it's better than where we are so They jump in and they jump out and they, and Dracula realizes um, that they're back in Transylvania and uh, for some reason they've landed inside of uh, a Van Helsing crypt. Um, He needs to find out what year it is. Uh, Taj has been knocked out. Um, He lifts an empty sarcophagus and puts Taj in there Knowing that um, he that Taj won't be able to get out, and uh, again he has a guaranteed food source depending on where exactly and when exactly he is. So he puts him in there, and then Dracula um, leaves. And he sees a horse and carriage. He's like, "Well, I'm not in the present time, so when when could I be?" And he overhears people talking, and it turns out that it's shortly just. Uh, uh, maybe uh, a couple weeks after Ben Helsing had killed Dracula by putting the stake initially in his heart, um, Dracula feeds on a on a woman just going about her 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 day, traveling from place to place uh, or, or night, I should say, because it's in the evening. And um, he finds out that Ben Helsing is not at home; that he has then um, traveled um, to another area and is going to be back in a week. He wants um, of course he wants um, vengeance for Van Helsing having killed him even though he's alive again um, so he's like I'm going to go back to my castle and I can wait a week for Van Helsing to come back and, and kill him so he goes back to his castle which is um, st- uh, still upright and looks uh, in-, in good shape being that this is a couple hundred years ago and he decides that he's going um, he's going to crawl into a coffin and, and sleep during the day. Um, in the meantime, in the daytime. Um, that coffin looks too skinny for him. That looks way skinny, doesn't it? <laughs> he is not going to be comfortable. He said he's going to, He's how good it's going to be to lie there and have a dream. Right. He can barely fit in that thing.
2: I know. It's like the size of like two he, legs only.
0: Yeah. He's not going to be comfortable at all. Um, but in the meantime, now it's the next morning and it uh, looks like a shepherd has discovered this, um, this girl has been, has been killed. And they thought that Dracula was, was, was taken care of, but apparently uh, not. And they're trying to debate whether or not they should wait for Van Helsing to return or if they dare um, storm the um, Dracula's castle. And they wait so long in debating this, going back and forth, before they finally decide they're going to storm the castle, it's now almost dusk. So if that's poor pla- not poor planning, I don't know what is. Um, they had all day to storm the <laughs> castle, but they waited until dusk to do it. And, uh, so they storm the castle just as Dracula wakes, <laughs> wakes back up. <laughs> he He's actually thinking, he's like, I'm going to have to go out and find something to eat. And then he, he right raises <laughs> and he starts laughing. My food has come, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts making quick work of, of these people, knocking them back and forth and grabs one and, and, and bites the, bites the guy's neck. The rest flee. And then we, uh, we go back to uh, the present day with um, with in the library, and they're they're looking for, and finally they find the incantation. So they uh, she reads Elsa or not Rachel rather um, uh, reads about this incantation and can uh, with with the verbiage she can actually kind of direct where they're going to go, and it's her theory that Dracula, if he was able to, would go back to his homeland. So that's um, where she tries to direct the black mare to take herself and Frank. And sure enough, they pop it in right into the the same crypt, and they hear the thumping coming from that sarcophagus, and they open it up, and there's Taj, very weak. Um, he had been in there. He starts doing sign language because he's mute, and um, said that he had been in there for, uh, you know, for by his reckoning a couple of days without food or water. So they take him to the local inn, um, where he can, uh, restore his, his health. And, uh, <clears throat> back at the castle, he has, uh, Dracula has this, um, this jar basically, uh, and he's entrapped some o- other strange type of vampire because she's in liquid blood form. I'm not sure what type of uh, creature she is, but he breaks that open and, um, and this uh tr- this vampire named Lenore um uh comes into being and he directs her to um go after um Rachel Van Helsing and Frank because he's now heard overheard that they're here so that way he can concentrate on on the Dr. Van Helsing the the old time Van Helsing so Lenore does that and um however uh, between Taj and Frank and rachel they're able to fight um her off largely from um, them actually grabbing a, a cross um headstone and that was close to breaking off and they actually raise it up and the moonlight the um, cross hit her her face and uh, scared her and she uh, flew off and uh <clears throat> they go uh running um to uh, rachel 's uh, grandfather 's house um, because now they're uh, suspicious that that's just where Dracula is going to go, and sure enough, he goes. Uh, apparently, he can go in without being um, invited. That might, must not be a thing in this, because he breaks the window and, and goes right into the manor, and and there is Abraham Van Helsing back from his travels, and um, and Dracula is about to uh, kill him when Rachel um, grabs a bow and arrow that she has, and um, shoots directly at Dracula's heart. However, he turns into a bat and manages to fly away. Lenore also is on Dracula's tail flying um, with him. And um, they uh, go ahead and speak the incantation um, in that black mirror in the crypt to go um, uh, to to disappear from the land. And um, Frank and Rachel and Taj say you know okay let's let's be, uh, speak this so we can follow closely behind um we're, we don't want to lose them and then that's the end of this issue so i have been reading this on and off um since issue one now um usually at night before bed if i'm not super tired i'll watch i'll read an issue on the ipad before i go to sleep so um you know i'll, I'll keep going with this I, i'm not trying to like be really really like religious about going through this kind of like i've been doing with um Ah, uh, Strangers in Paradise. Like whenever I have a chance, I'll read a couple issues and stuff. And so I'm going to do the same thing with Tomb of Dracula on the iPad.
2: Nice. Once uh, it picks up with uh, Marv Wolfman, you're you're going to really fall in love with it. It gets better and better. As yeah, it goes. because I, I have to tell you, apart from a couple random issues that I've
0: just picked up over the course of you know several years that I would have read like after buying, mm-hmm. I haven't read any of this any of this run. So. Yeah. I mean, when better. I say a couple of issues, it's just that. I might have two or three issues, um, you know, out of this entire run. So I'm you just, for you just
1: have number 10, right?
2: No, I have <laughs> issues 31, 65, and 66. That's yeah. Now I'm curious to see which ones I've got. I know I've got a couple. I wish I had 10, Mike. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Is that Blade? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have number 20 and number 51. I have all of it in paperback, but yeah. Yeah. But those are only two <clears throat> singles I've got. Very cool. It's a blade. Oh, one of them is a blade issue. Yeah. I, I had a thing there for a while. If it was a bronze age Marvel, I didn't own, I didn't care what it was. I would buy it if it was in the dollar bins. So oh,
1: heck yeah. yeah. I,
2: I would just get whatever. And I think that's how I picked up those couple that I've got. They were just, you know, probably slightly better than reader copies, you know, VG yeah. or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, any of the ones that I have are in bad shape. They would have been like just dollar bin- I mean, back then it was even probably much less than a dollar, you know, or just a flea market. Somebody sold for fifty cents, maybe no. even twenty cents back, like several, so many, many years ago. When Is I there,
2: there anything worse than when you hit a flea market and people think they have something and it's like, no. <laughs> and, and they, and it's like you know that it happens to be a hardcore issue. I need. But they want like seven dollars for it. I'm like, bro, this thing's like fifty cents tops. You know, I hate that. <laughs> you, I mean, it because it, it it seemed to go very quickly from like, yeah, you could go
0: get cheap comic books at the flea market to now they're all, all overpriced because somebody once told them comic books are valuable, and yeah. so now every one of their comics they're selling it yeah. the premium,
2: regardless of of condition. This coverless little Lulu is, you know, $70. I'm like, "Get out of here." Right. I think, I think I they
1: at some point though they realize that their stuff isn't moving and that's why.
2: Yeah.
1: And then those are the people you want to catch cuz they just want to get rid of their shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> I I think that's how I got some some really good deals on some of the stuff I've gotten like those Dark Horse Star Wars. I think the grandma had been taking them to uh flea markets and whatnot for forever and just not moving it. And finally I was friends with her granddaughter at work. She's like, my grandma will sell these to you for 50 bucks. And I was like, what you got? And it was like a (laughs) short box of the dark horse run. And I'm like, yeah, I'll buy them for 50 bucks. I just bought it all. You guys have probably been the same as me.
0: where are like, Oh, just over the course of your life, because like, you've been the comic book, you were the, like the comic book kid. You're the kid that likes comic books. And, like, St- Stacy worked for the longest time at the Warner Brothers Studio stores, so it's kind of comic-adjacent in that they had that whole, you know, gallery, animation gallery, and, the, you know, bled into, like, the Batman and DC stuff, right? And, um, like, she got to know, like, customers who would, because she worked, uh, she became, like, the assistant manager who focused on the gallery, and so she got to know, like, some of those, regulars that would come in and like when there was a new offering at the you know gallery like they were a Bugs Bunny fan so anything Bugs Bunny you know sells or whatever they would want but you know so she would somehow it eventually would come up that you know oh yeah my boyfriend you know he's a comic book guy and I'm telling you more than once I got stacks of comic books just for free
3: like, good. I couldn't believe
0: it You know, and it's like, I mean, and one time I'm in particular, like they brought and they were all old, like, I mean, they were all like 60s, like weird, not weird, like stuff, but like, like Dell, like Flipper, number one, and like the Avengers, the the British TV show, the Avengers, like comic, uh, you know, and like that type of stuff. I mean, like really cool stuff that I would have never gotten otherwise. And were they in like
2: amazing shape? No, but they were all free comics. You know, well, I think a lot of it, too, is the fact that um, I don't flip books. So, like, I think people know that when. Yeah. Like that big, huge lot of Batman I got from a friend mm-hmm. at work. I think she knew, like, I'm not going to go and sell them because your mom can't. They're going to come live with me until I can't have them anymore. It makes a big difference, I think, yeah. with a lot of people there. For whatever reason, I
0: I, I think, it, you know, you're. They know, they know you're, you're getting because you legitimately le- love, love the material. Right. Yeah, and it makes a big difference to people. But I totally agree. I've had people like, yeah, well, I'll just give this to you because I know you, know, you just want to read them and, and have them. Right. Not that you're going to just – basically I just handed you like $100 because you're just going right. to sell them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's a big, oh, it yeah. makes a big difference.
2: Same person who gave me the the deal on those Star Wars gave me the first issue of Warrior, and I'm like, can I pay you for this? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not mint condition, but I mean, it's the first Miracle Man modern, first. What else was in that? I mean, like uh, V for Vendetta. I was like, let me pay you for this something, and she was like, no, I know you just want to have it. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> And, I mean, that's the kind of book I would never buy in the real world because I wouldn't want to spend that kind of money on a single issue. Yeah. But and I happen to own like a very well-read copy of Warrior Number no. One because somebody was nice enough to give it to me and wouldn't take any money for it. So yeah.
0: yeah, it's really, it's really, that's really cool when that type of thing happens. Yeah, there are nice people out there in the world.
2: There are. <laughs> I, I try to be one of them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like the news wants to make you think that everyone are, are, are horrible people, but you know there are nice people out there. It's definitely.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think we could wrap this one up. Did you guys know that Bruce, uh, that Batman, once posed as a guy named Osgood Grody? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just read Detective uh, Four Eighteen, and Osgood Grody is a guy that draws like an old an old Model T Ford convertible.
3: <laughs> and he want,
1: he wanted to infiltrate Dr. Yaz's lab, which is Dr. Yaz's son, the guy who created the Creeper. And uh. Uh, he's a crotchety old, like, old man. <laughs> and uh, I've never seen him use that alias before.
0: No, that's a new one for me.
3: <laughs>
1: but uh, anyway, you could reach us at... Good discussion, by the way, today, guys. It was, it was yeah, a lot of fun. Time. So, uh, you can reach us at geekbrunchpodcast.com and also on Facebook at Geek Brunch Podcast. Click the like button. You can follow us on Twitter at Mike Myers Brunch, at Rob Krieger, and at Iowa's Joe. And we, we'll be back hopefully in two weeks.
0: Sounds yeah, great. Sounds good. Yeah, a lot of fun guys. A lot
1: of fun guys. It was. Good, good episode, discussion. Fellas. Yep. All right. Yep. See ya. Yep. Have a good Bye. one. Bye. Yeah.